0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast Show 328. And we got a doozy for you today. We're going to be dropping that knowledge, giving you that fantasy football goo. And I'm happy as hell to announce I've got on the other end of an Uber conference, one of our favorites, pyromaniac Mo, famed fantasy football mind, uh, that, brought, that brings you the fantasy football um, pyro podcast light. Uh, my man is sitting in out by East Lansing in Michigan. I'm here in Chicago, and we're going to call this show week, tw- week 10 Fantasy Playoffs Around the Bend. Going to be giving you all that information on these Week 10 matchups to help you beat your opponents um, this week and do the good stuff. Mo, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thanksgiving is around the corner, which is my all-time favorite holiday. And you know when we have these uh the, the games on Sunday when they're in England and I am so accustomed to watching like four games at a time. On my iPad, and then I'm clicking back and forth between two games on the TV and the Red Zone channel. I really enjoy watching on Thanksgiving Day, you know, focus on one game at a time. You get your your triple banger. You're snacking on food all day long. It is my favorite holiday, hands down.
0: It's a good one well I know you're looking forward to it because as a teacher you've got um, some good time off for that one and mm-hmm. it's probably annoying the piss out of you uh, I'm actually contemplating um, I'm the only guy that basically has such a small family that uh, I, I, I and I'm not married uh, that I can make these moves but I might be going to see my Chicago Bears play over at uh, Ford Field against the Detroit Lions never been to that field Um and I don't know. I just kind of noticed that that game was happening, and uh, yeah, kind of interested. I in so I've already been shot down by about five friends. So uh, sounds like you're not going to be my guy for that either. Uh, but I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna try and make it over there. So, hey, buddy, got good news. Elections happen. We won't get political or nothing. But Michigan legalizing weed. What's up there?
1: Yeah, baby. I've been telling my wife that we got to invest in some of these companies that are shooting up all around us. I mean, even before this bill has passed, I mean, there's all kinds of companies now in Michigan for, cause we've had medical marijuana uh, and you can buy into these companies. And now I think the, the sky's the limit. So, uh, good times, fantasy and good times around the bend. Indeed.
0: Well, they say that they, that they won't have all their th- shit figured out. Uh, till probably so there's they'll be selling it early 2020 um so it doesn't seem like it's going to be something like early next year you're going to be popping into a store i remember it took uh denver a little bit to figure out you know what their rules were who's going to be able to sell it give those um you know actual licenses to people so but we legalized it now, so the sooner it can happen, uh, it, it, as soon as it can happen, I'm sure the city will make it happen. So, all right, as usual, um, you guys follow us uh, on uh, uh, for these games off NFL.com. Go to schedule, and then we are going to – you're going to look at week 10, and we start from the top down there. This week's Thursday night matchup, quite a good one. Carolina Panthers are going to be at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, You know, we like to start off with the visiting team first. Uh, I think it's safe to say uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to finish um, this season and uh, head into next season, barring any unforeseen injury, as a total yardage stud. Uh, Basically had uh, 157-ish yards from scrimmage and two TDs last week. Uh, basically pretty insane game, uh, and he's three in a row trying to go for uh, two or more touchdowns. Uh, pretty sick little uh, run that Christian McCaffrey's on. He's essentially, until uh, recently where we had uh, Samuel kind of popping in there and then obviously Olsen as well, he's basically been uh, the offense for the Panthers. What are your thoughts on some of the other players in this Panthers game? Uh, give it to me, Mo.
1: Well, yeah, a couple things here. Uh, before I even talk McCaff, who I've got him on one of my teams. I'm loving him. You know, we got Baltimore, Denver, Houston, Minnesota on by, so we're not really talking about them. However, as the title alludes to, we do have fantasy playoffs around the bend, so you got to start keeping an eye down the line a little bit. So uh, those teams on by, uh, Denver – or I'm sorry, Baltimore – Baltimore has arguably the best quarterback matchup for the fantasy playoffs. They're playing uh, Kansas city 29th against quarterbacks, Tampa Bay week 15 31st when you adjust for schedule. And then they got the Chargers. Now, of course the question is going to be, is it going to be Flacco or my man, Lamar Jackson? Uh, They did not give Flacco uh, the greatest ringing endorsement, but I'm saying it could be Jackson by then, but either way, They got a heck of a fantasy uh, playoffs coming up. John Brown, he should be getting it done because he's third in air yards. My God, but he just hasn't been connecting. Uh, Another team to keep in mind that we're not going to be talking about, Denver has the best running back playoff matchup. They're facing uh, San Francisco week 14, Cleveland week 15, Oakland. Week sixteen, and you know the Dave T Thomas special Philip Lindsay is tearing it up. But uh just some things to keep in mind for the fantasy playoffs they are around the bend. Now, as you said, the Panthers, I do love a McCaffrey. I played him last week all over in my DFS. I won a hundred percent of my cash bets, all my cash because I had McCaffrey and Hunt. I think a lot of people are gonna chase the box score now. In DFS, I might be fading McCaffrey because he's got a real tough matchup. Now, if you are uh, playing redraft, you're you're dancing with the girl that you brought. You're, You're playing McCaff. But for DFS purposes, he's got a tough matchup, right? So Football Outsiders ranks the Steelers as the best D against running backs coming out of the backfield. That's where McCaffrey makes his bread and butter, right? I mean, he leads the team, this running back leads the team in target share, and that's just what the Steelers are great at. Only three teams have allowed fewer catches to backs coming out of the backfield, and only two teams have allowed fewer receiving yards to opposing backs. So he's got a tough one. As far as the other receivers, you know, Curtis Samuel came out of the blue last week to cannibalize, now, I don't know if he's a big threat going forward. He, he's he got certainly a high ceiling, but very low floor. A lot of people hoping for uh, DJ Moore, I mean, prior to Week 9. So, last week, DJ Moore kind of let you down. But before that, I mean, his snaps were on the rise. Um, you, you know, Torrey Smith has not been suiting up, so that opened up the opportunity for Moore. And he's had at least four catches for 49 yards in three of the four prior games before Week 9. Uh, Only had less than five targets once in weeks five through eight. Last week was kind of a a letdown, but I still think I like DJ more. But on the passing game, I mean, funches he's your man. He's got the floor. Uh, He's only four targets behind McCaffrey, 35 receptions. He is first with receiving yards. He's first on the team with air yards by a mile, 684. And my man, Olson. Uh, face and pit they are giving up 10 passes per game to the tight end spot so I, i'm liking me some Olson and this one and cam he's got the konami cheat code you know because he's always going to get you uh rushing as well as passing so i like this game even before we get to the other side this is one of seven games that vegas picks to
0: go for over
1: 50 points so it's going to be a doozy
0: yeah um I agree. And other than I think uh, it was kind of a dud last, last week with the Niners trouncing on the Raiders, but the Thursday night games have been uh, pretty enjoyable so far yeah. this season. I, I, let's go over to the Steelers. Some big news uh, coming out uh, essentially today um, saying that essentially, and I, I believe it, when there's smoke, there's fire, with uh, especially this season with Le'Veon Bell essentially saying that Le'Veon Bell is not going to report this year and will not play a snap. Uh, the, it, it's just basically they found the, 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 that if he does um, not occur a season and doesn't report by week 11, uh, he definitely can still get franchised by the Steelers, but they will have to do it at a top five salary, meaning that the Steelers will be on the hook to pay him You know, somewhere over about $25 million to franchise him for next year. Making it people around the league believe that he is not going to uh report and he's just gonna say, you know what? I'm not gonna get injured this season, I'm not gonna play until I've got that guaranteed money in a long time, uh long-term career. Uh we'll get to what you think about that, but I think the Steelers in general. I think they should have traded the guy for anything they could have, to be honest, uh, even if it was a fifth, fourth rounder um, at this point. But I don't think they're too bummed out. If I were them, I would almost almost rescind the franchise tag and let the guy go somewhere else because he's not even going to sign anywhere where he can get any guaranteed money, so he's going to sit out anyways. Just get the guy off the books. Tell him to go piss off. Uh, hasn't shown up at their headquarters. And again, I know there's a lot of people out there that, that, um, and I'm not even, I'm not against Le'Veon Bell. I understand he's doing what's better for himself and his family and you got to do what you got to do. Uh, but in a fantasy level and who gives a shit about fantasy owners, I know, but at a fantasy level, a lot of people got burned by this year and a lot of teams, including one of mine, have a major hole in it when you're taking him at the third or fourth pick. So not bashing uh, on Bell by any means for what he's doing for himself in his career and the business side of things, but when it comes to fantasy football, which is what we talk about in the show, fuck NFL. Uh, but at the same time, the Steelers are sitting here with James Conner, who's putting up uh, historic numbers for their team. And all the geniuses out there that were smart enough to go and draft James Conner, um, as a handcuff to, to replace him are, are sitting pretty. Uh, James Conner, right now, first player in NFL history, he's got four games, uh, 100 yards rushing. 50 yards receiving and a TD so far this year. No one else has done that in history. I'm going to let you kind of go. I, I hear Daisy in the background telling me to let her in. So I'm going to let you go and do a little run here on the Steelers. And uh, if I'm not back, uh, head into that next game. But I should be back here in a minute.
1: Yeah, you don't want PETA knocking down your door. Uh little sidebar, I remember I was drinking one time. I think I, I was traveling with my dog, Xavier, and I must've been in a bar in Colorado and I had Xavier like outside and it was snowing a little bit and I'd go out and check on, him. And I, mean, I was literally living in the back of my truck and I remember some, I kind of got in a fight with some people like, how can you leave your dog outside? I'm like, are you kidding? He's got a coat. <laughs> I mean, he's literally is born with a coat. Come on people. It's better than, you know, being tied up all day or inside. Anyway, I am a dog lover and, uh, and I, I love my Goldens now. I don't know what to say about Lev Bell. God bless him. You know, make the money. Y'all saw what happened with Earl Thomas. This span is short. If you haven't seen the Barber Shop, I think it's called the Shop on HBO. It is fantastic. They get uh, guys, you know, Jane, uh, John Stewart. They get guys in the industry, but it's really um, a, a sports talk that. Um, people talk about all kinds of things in each week or each month. They'll have different people on, but um, they were talking about this window that they have to maximize their value. And with the, the punishment that they put on their body, it is not like a career, like anything else you have to maximize what you can get while you can get it. And you are at the risk of being put out. You are at the risk of making no money. If indeed you do get injured. So I'm not blaming Bell. Uh, Do what you got to do. But we've certainly seen, I think, how the running back position has changed or at least how the value of the running back position has changed because Connor, he steps right up. He is knocking it out of the park. He's got the Carolina D uh, against the run. Remember, this game is pegged to go for over 50, so you could easily game stack this puppy. This one is, as I said, going to be a shootout on both sides. Uh, The Carolina's D against the run ranks in the bottom three for second level and open field tackling. Now, you know Connor, he's going to get there. So that means once a running back gets past that line of scrimmage, Carolina sucks at tackling him, and Connor could really exploit that. Connor ranks top 20 for both yards per carry and top 20 for yards after contact. You know you're going to be liking the passing game with the Steelers. How can you not like Brown and Juju? I'm kind of gravitating towards Juju. I expect some positive regression. The man has 78 targets on the season, only two touchdowns. I'm going to get back to that. He's got 672 receiving yards. He's got more than Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown, with 594, he's got nine touchdowns. So back to the two for Juju. There are 16 That's wide receivers.
0: Doesn't, sorry to interrupt you. Doesn't Juju lead all wide receivers and red zone targets with like 19 or something this year?
1: Um, <laughs> J- I know Juju only has, oh, Juju only has two touchdowns and for receiving targets in the red zone, um, I believe, let me double check here for, Oh, for targets in the red zone. Uh, Juju does 19, but the man only 92. has two touchdowns now <laughs> you've got to get some positive regression here and by, by the way the only person that actually has more targets in the red zone is Alvin Kamara uh, so Juju leads all receivers I mean Devonte Adams is right there with 17 but Juju's got 19 only two touchdowns now out of the 16 there are 16 wide receivers that have at least 70 targets Juju has 78 there's only one that has fewer touchdowns. Can you name that wide receiver?
0: Um, yeah, Julio Jones.
1: Absolutely, only Julio Jones. So, again, 16 wide receivers that have at least 70 targets in the uh, on the season. And only Jones has less or fewer touchdowns than Juju. That has to regress. That has to. He has been getting too much love. And remember this happened a couple of years ago when um Aaron Rodgers I think it was Aaron Rodgers was leading all wide receivers and then Devontae Adams shot up uh this happened last year I believe it was with uh, I want to say one of the Williams boys in the with uh the Chargers They were just getting too many looks, too many looks. And eventually this has to regress back to the norm. So I'm really on Juju. I think he's going to be getting some touchdowns. He's just getting too many looks to get it. He's got a great matchup with Carolina. Uh, They rank seventh versus wide receiver ones. So that's going to be up against Brown. They rank 25th against wide receiver twos. So I really think Juju can get off, and I expect him to do some scoring here. Now – Uh, Continuing the pass game, I don't even know about (laughs) McDonald or James, which one I'm going with. Uh, Carolina ranks 29th versus tight ends, uh, according to Football Outsiders. So, you know, you got to like it. I mean, Panthers are giving up the second most PPR points to opposing tight ends. But who the hell do you go with? I mean, it's pretty much even Steven. Uh, McDonald, 34 targets. James, 27. McDonald, is playing 274 snaps, James, 337. Air yards are about the same. Receiving yards, they're about 10 off.
0: So I will say this, though. It, it does favor uh, Vance over the last uh, few games. So Vance has, hasn't really broken out and had yep. that. He had a big game, and then he hasn't been really doing much the last few, but he is getting uh, more opportunities to score fantasy points just lately by game a log uh, side of things than – what, uh, what um, James has been able to do. But I'm with you. It's it's a tough one. But it's good to know because I think I'm, I might play him just to, uh, because the Panthers are pretty low. Uh, back to Connor quickly. If you can believe it, James Connor's having such a great season that at this point he's got more fantasy points than Kamara, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, more than McCaffrey, more than Ezekiel Elliott, uh, just killing it, obviously more than David Johnson but now he is a third in fantasy points for uh running backs only behind Todd Gurley and then Kareem Hunt is number 2. So James Conner, what a what a what a draft pick that was for anyone and if you didn't get drafted and you're able to pick him up, good stuff. Uh you feeling pretty good about this game?
1: Yeah, I think this one could easily be a shootout. And another thing to boast well for Conner is uh the Panthers De- the right defensive end is rough. Uh, Marquise Haynes, he's already out. Mario Addison is already questionable. So if he's out, they got to pull someone who doesn't normally play at that position. Uh, they've got another weak side linebacker questionable. They Eric Reed is questionable. So they've got some bangs and bruises on the Panthers side. And Connor, he's the terminator, dude. He's I mean, he's close to the terminator. He's he's a machine, you know, he's getting it done. And kudos to you if you, you know, read the tea leaves early on in the season and picked him up because he is uh, making you one happy fantasy player.
0: Big implications at an NFL level, too. Carolina's 6-2. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-2-1. and one. Steelers, obviously, both teams have, um, you know, really large aspirations. Um, but Steelers, after kind of starting a little slow, If they can beat uh, the Panthers in this game and put themselves in a nice position to make the playoffs, I think uh, solid, solid team. So big, big game from uh, things other than just the players. We score fantasy points off as well. Before we go to the next game, uh, the first one on Sunday, do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, big news out of New Orleans today. Uh, S. Desbians, Houdini, one of the biggest desbians out there. The New Orleans Saints have signed Des Bryant to a one-year deal. Um, they are going to throw that guy in the mix. They're, when you look on the depth chart with uh, amongst injury, their depth chart right now, I looked at our lads earlier today, they have three wide receivers. Um <laughs> Uh, they got the rookie, Traquan Smith. They obviously got Michael Thomas, one of the best uh, wide receivers in the league. And then they've also got Cam Meredith. So with the signing of Dez Bryant, they have a fourth wide receiver. People, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Dez Bryant, once he gets a little bit of a, he says he's been uh, in game share, not game shape, but he says he's been training well and ready for this moment. He's joining a uh, potential Super Bowl contender. He's joining a locker room that's uh, with Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees that is secure and has – there's no messing around. This is not the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's on a short leash. If this guy and his ego start uh, effing it up, uh, they're going to be like, we'll see you later. Uh, they obviously need this guy right now making a play at a Super Bowl run. Ridiculous amount of talent on that offense. But Des Bryant, uh, I told people, I think, three, maybe four weeks ago to pick him up. I did so in both my leagues. I almost dropped him last week when I thought it wasn't going to happen. But just a beautiful thing when you make a pickup, a foreshadowing pickup like that, and he goes to, uh, you know, arguably the best uh, offense in the NFL. So if he's available, pick him up. I bet you he's probably got picked up already. But uh, I like what what Drew Brees and that, um, you know, back shoulder pass and what he's going to be able to do with that pinpoint accuracy. Let's see if um, the last few seasons for Dez were quarterback coaching and uh, offensive scheme issues, and he can learn that playbook, get in there, and not be dropping passes. I'm expecting some big things for this one. Uh, What else do you see in this matchup for the New Orleans Saints?
1: Well, this is a fantastic matchup, but you know all the the Traquan Smith owners are collectively going, "Oh man!" When they heard this news, uh, he was a guy I was texting you. Traquan the a guy I was texting you guys about just a couple weeks ago, uh, and he started lighting it up. Uh, so yeah, his time to shine it looks like it gets a little uh, pushed more towards the future. What with the signing. But uh, this
0: field stretcher, I think there's still going to be a good spot for him. I think he was one of the top three fastest guys Smith in the combine this year. Um, so I, I still think he's got a great role. He's just basically goes from kind of a hybrid Ted Ginn uh, and possession role to more of just a field stretcher kind of deal when, uh, when, when Des gets ready, but also, I mean, let's be honest, Des Bryant, it's not, this isn't a, a this isn't a, Linehan, uh, three page or three page playbook like they like he was probably using for years over at Dallas. This is a a robust playbook, and who knows, Dallas? Let's see. uh, I mean, Des let's see if if he's got the skill and the and and the smarts to learn it quick enough and uh, figure out the reads. Because if he doesn't, Drew Brees is going to know pretty early and uh, not really look his way and let him fuck it up.
1: You know, I think you're right. I think it's going to take him a a little while to get acclimated. I don't even think it's officially been signed. I don't think he's put his name on the papers. I mean, this just all basically hit hit today uh, that he, I mean, he is going there, but yeah, it's going to take him a little while to get acclimated for sure. So you might still get a little Traquan at least this week. I still like Mr. Smith and dynasty. Uh, but for this week, this one game, if, if you're looking to stack, this is the one. As I said, there's seven games at Vegas Pegs to be over 50 points. Uh, this is the highest one. Now, when I wrote down all the the numbers on Monday night, already when I checked Tuesday, it the spread had already risen by more than a point. So uh, basically right after opening, and I like to check – Right after those Sunday games get done. Because when they open, there's a lot of point movement. Because they open before the Sunday games finish. And so, basically, if you look on Monday, that's kind of the most accurate time to look. After then, a lot of that movement, the line movement, is done by betting. So, before betting has really driven this thing up, it was already at 54. Highest uh, game expected by Vegas. And that line has just gone up, continued to rise since then. I mean, how can you not love this game? Breeze is the man allowing um, going up against the Bengals who are allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. The Bengals are also allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receiver. The Bengals are also allowing the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So this game could be a shootout. Breeze played 8 games this season. Four half of those games the dude has put up over 30 fantasy points he's third in red zone pass attempts i am loving me some breeze this week
0: what happened to the Bengals defense they've they've been a kind of a stout defense over the years and like you said you know looking at the uh stag parties pyro fantasy power rankings they're the 31st ranked defense in uh allowing points uh i what happened to that defense they's doesn't seem like they lost, you know, lost guys. And what's, what's the story there? I guess it doesn't matter.
1: Vontaze perfect. You know, he's been banged up and they have not had a very healthy culture there. Uh, A lot of dirty players, uh, a lot of older players. So I just don't think it's been a very healthy defense. Certainly a lot of older guys. I, I don't think they've really focused on their defense as far as the draft goes, but you're right. This is once you, you you think of them as a stout D, and those numbers that I just read, I mean, tops to quarterbacks, second to wide receivers, third most PPR points to tight ends. That's just insane to talk about a Bengals D like
0: that, you know? It's insane. Uh Alvin Kamara, uh, running back situation for the Saints. Uh, Give it to us, and then let's move over to the Bengals' side.
1: How can you not love Kamara? Uh, I'm still liking Ingram a little bit this week. Do you DFS players? He's only 4,500, so I'm liking that. But how can you not love Kamara? Uh, he was – he's one of my best players on uh, my oldest league right now, even though Ingram came back, gave us a little heart palpitation. Uh, I still like Ingram, but Kamara is just – The man. And as I said, he's going up against a team that is just seeping at uh, all sides. So I said, tops to quarterbacks, second to wide receivers, third in points allowed to tight ends. Bengals allowing the most points to opposing PPR backs. When you talk football outsiders, I love their ranking because they rank backs coming out of the backfield. The Bengals rank 28th against Guys coming out of the backfield. And that's where Kamara makes his bread and butter, baby. He is 23% of the team's targets go to Kamara. Only James White is getting a higher percentage of team targets than Kamara. So he's game script proof. I mean, if they're up, they're going to run with him. If they're down, they're going to pass with him. So uh, Kamara is just
0: the man. Um, Great stat here. Uh, Alvin Kamara is very attainable uh, for him this weekend. Currently has 1,218 rushing yards and 1,253 receiving yards uh, through 24 career games. If he uh, can go over the threshold uh, this weekend, which probably he will, um, of 1,300 for each of those receiving, he can join Herschel Walker as the only players in NFL history with 1,300 yards rushing and receiving in their first 25 games. Uh, So Alvin Kamara not just doing it at a fantasy level over the past two seasons for owners, not just doing it for the New Orleans Saints, but putting up career numbers through the first 25 um, at an NFL record level. Uh, I can see the the, the Saints do a great job of hitting milestones for their players, Uh, They know that these stats are happening and they like to keep their guys happy. Uh, Maybe save for uh, a couple of um, um, Ingram uh, contract uh, uh, milestones a couple of years ago where they pulled him out of the game when he was like one touchdown short of hitting, um, you know, a $500 bonus. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah. He wasn't (laughs) too about that. But that's all water under the bridge. New Orleans Saints, they are uh, going for their seventh consecutive win. Uh, so they're the, probably the hottest team right now in the NFL. Let's go over to the Bengals. Let's kind well, of.
1: Uh, before we get there, man, I mean, Michael Thomas, this dude has been yeah. crushing it. Uh, Fantasy's best wide receiver last week. I believe that was in PPR. I didn't. I don't really check uh, standard. I, I'm mostly DraftKings guy and I play in all PPR. But he, I would bet he was. I would bet he was both because he just smashed it last week, facing the Bengals, man. And if you break it down, uh, wide receiver ones against the Bengals, only seven teams are allowing more points to wide receiver ones. In PFF, they rank the cornerback wide receiver matchup. Michael Thomas facing. Uh, William Jackson, this is the second most advantageous matchup of the week. So you got to love Thomas, again, and what he's doing. Cool.
0: Let's uh, kind of breeze through the Bengals and get caught up a little bit. Um, Obviously, A.J. Green will not be playing, not getting surgery, but has uh, a toe injury happening there. Joe Mixon coming off probably his best game of the season in Week 8. Uh, Bengals are obviously coming off a bye last week. Um, so they've been preparing for this game, uh, for two weeks. Going to be a tough battle though. You know, Giovanni Bernard a little banged up. Um, you know, it's going to be Boyd is going to have to carry the load from the wide receiver side of things. Um, you know, as quickly as you can, let's talk about the Bengals here, who you would play and then let's move on to the next game.
1: Yeah, I'm not expecting Geo to go, uh, though he's had time. He only got limited practice. I think they're going to bring him back slow. You know, Mixon, the dude, is a freaking stud. I don't think we need to talk too much about Mixon. You are playing that dude. But without A.J. Green, uh, Boyd's the one that's going to step up. If you look at PFS rankings of all their cornerbacks, P.J. Williams comes in uh, basically Dead last, second to dead last. And that's going to be who's facing off against Tyler Boyd. Um, PJ Williams is, he's just been giving it up all year long to opposing players coming out of the slot. And I think Tyler Boyd is going to have a big game. He's going to have to just step it up. Uh, Tyler Boyd, he's been looking good, man. He has been turning it up and now is his time to shine. So I'm going to roll the dice with him. Uh, He's got a great opportunity.
0: Cool. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the, the Bengals, this is not the greatest week, uh, maybe, for them. Uh, and it just shows you how important Asia Green is. But Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, uh, I, I think this could, you know, they're going to have to put up some points. So uh. I
1: mean, boy, he's got, I think Boyd has really got a great spot. Saints have allowed seven different wide receivers to go for triple digit yards. So seven wide receivers in eight games have put up over 100 yards against him and he is arguably he's probably facing the worst slot corner in the league right now that starts i think boyd's going to be uh an incredible spot this week
0: nice love it all right let's go to the atlanta falcons will be uh visiting cleveland to play the browns um let's start with the falcon side uh julio jones had his first touchdown you can just see God, he really fought for that one and he was super pumped when he finally got it. You know, the whole
1: team was pumped for him. Like, that was cool.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Before I go on with anything more, I'm going to get a biggity, biggity, Valverde.
1: I second that.
0: Nice. And uh, just quickly before we go on, it's funny. I'm like, are you having some beers tonight, Uh, Mo? And he's like, yeah, I am. And I was on the fence whether I wanted to throw some back. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm drinking Tangerine Space Machine by New Holland Brewing. And lo and behold, yesterday I bought a six-pack of that because Mo told me it was a nice New England-style IPA. Um, and I, uh, I had, I think, one of them uh, last night. I uh, just had a couple beers. But Mo and myself are drinking the same beer Great minds think alike. Uh, here in Chicago, there to Lansing, pouring them down. I like this stuff. Good call, Mo. I think you were the one who told me I had to give this one a whirl after I told you how much I love that. Uh, what is it called? M forty three or whatever. That I old medium you... beer. You're like, you should try this tangerine space machine. I we're think you missed. it is. I think you
1: misquoted that, my friend. It is great minds drink alike. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Very good. Very good. Apropos. All right. Uh, Tevin Coleman had a nice two touchdowns last week. Catching Um, had a great game, you know, put up uh, over 150 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Can he do that this week against the Browns? What are your thoughts on Matt Ryan, the uh, Ridley? Give me a little uh, brain dump on the Falcons.
1: Yeah, Coleman, fourth most, this was a surprise. I I did not see this one coming. Fourth most PPR points last week uh, against the Browns. They're going to face some positive game script. I mean, here is yet another game expected to go for over 51 points. But Atlanta expected to score 27.5 implied points. Atlanta is on the road, and yet they are favorites. So if they were home they'd be at least a full touchdown favorite. So, being that they're on the road, they're going to this is going to be a positive game script. You expect Atlanta to get up, you expect Atlanta to run the ball, and that means Coleman. The dude got 20 looks last week. I could see him getting it this week again. Um, I mean, even only here with Freeman. He has had at least 11 looks in every single game except one and without Freeman, I mean that has just risen. He's seen at least fourteen looks on four occasions. Cleveland ranks twenty-fifth worst DVOA. That's defense versus um, over the average. So it's a it's a Football Outsiders stat. So it, it takes into consideration the opponent and the situation. It's a fantastic metric. I can't I can't stress this one enough. Football Outsiders DVOA. Uh, Cleveland twenty fifth against the run. I'm liking Coleman a lot again. I'm going to ride that horse.
0: Can I piggyback you for a second on the football outsiders? One of my favorite things that those guys do, favorite tools they have, is the snap counts and yeah. the way that uh, the way that they have their set up. Uh, so you can check out snaps on the each week by team, by position, on team by the league, by the all entire season. It's pretty awesome, so um, I love when I'm look, trying to pick someone up or when I'm uh, in between guys, uh, you know, in a trade or what have you. Even looking at uh, if a lot of my guys are doing well or dudding out, who's going to be in my starting lineup? I want to see who's getting the target share. Uh, a perfect example today, I was um, I'm in a rookie league and uh, I've been I've gone super light on having rookies on my bench, and I have Sam Darnold. Uh, my other backup rookie is uh, Kiki Kuti. Uh, he's on bye and banged up. He should come back. But Sam Darnold, you know, said he's going to take the week off to help heal his uh, foot, I believe. And, you know, there are two guys on the waiver wire that were basically, you know, b- viable to play. And one of them was uh, Michael Gallup. Dallas had a great game um, on Monday night. And the other uh, guy was going to beat Goder, tight end on uh, the Eagles. So I wanted to see, hey, you know, Amari's there now. How many? What was what was the snap count? Um, was I was I saying target? I meant snap count earlier. No, you said um, snap. You okay, said snaps. Good, good. I want to see how many snap counts with Amari was he getting? How many was he getting before Amari was there? What's the trend been over the you know the last four or five games compared to his first five games in the league? Just an awesome tool all around. If you're listening to the show and you're not using it, I know most big football outsiders. But that snap count, um, just do a search in Google, uh, snap counts, and they pretty much come up first. But you can put Football Outsiders, great, great tool to help give you the edge um, a week-to-week in fantasy.
1: Here's another one, Football Outsiders. So I said you're going to put a couple things together here, but when I said they're going to be playing with a positive game script. Right. So uh, essentially, when a team is going to be up, they're going to run the ball, and that's what Atlanta has. So you expect them, the running back, to get a lot of the looks. They have t- over 27 points implied. So you know they're going to score a lot of points, and you know the running back is going to get a lot of those carries because of the positive game script. Another thing I like on football outsiders is they look at the uh, pace, pace of play, how many seconds it takes to run a play in certain situations. And both of these teams, Cleveland and Atlanta, when the score is within 6 points, when the score is when you're either, you know, up by 3 or anywhere between up by 6 or down by 6. So when the score is close, these are both top 10 fastest teams. So you're going to get one a lot of opportunities because they're running the ball fast. So you're going to get more opportunities than most. You know that uh, the, the team, Atlanta, is going to have a lot of points, 27 and a half implied. And you know because of the, um, the spread that the running back is going to get the ball. So you put all those three things together, and I think Coleman is in store for another great
0: game. Nice. Uh, take it on over to uh, you know Ryan or whoever else in this team, and then um, I'll just let you do your thing and uh, kind of swing it over to the Brown side.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm liking right now, Cleveland, they're kind of a funnel D. They are easy against uh, the run, and I think you can get it done. They're a little tougher against the pass, um, now against quarterbacks, now against wide receivers. Wide receivers have gashed them. They have given up a lot of big games, and you know that's where Julio makes his bread and butter. Uh, so I do like Julio. I do like Ridley. In this one, Um, now, again, if it's going to be a positive game script, that's where you think I'm I'm a little hesitant with going with Ryan. Although the wide receivers could have some big games, they just might not need to rely on him if, indeed, this goes as... Vegas is predicting, so while I do like the wide receivers, I think they're going to get theirs. I just don't think they're going to be passing the ball as much I think they're going to be running it more if the game script goes as predicted that's why I'm all about Coleman this week um anything else you got to say about uh the Falcons or you want to talk oh. a little bit of Cleveland and all the turnover going on there
0: do it up go for it
1: well I, I don't know this has to <laughs> this has to be a good thing I mean if you've watched HBO, and you saw the ins and outs of what this team was doing. I mean, Hugh Jackson, he's a nice man. Uh, I'm sorry for the familial losses he had. Um, however, I just don't think he's a very good coach. I don't think Haley really was calling the plays for the personnel he had. I think this has always kind of been something of an issue for Todd Haley that he he is you know thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Just go ahead and ask him. And he's going to kind of jam in his system because he thinks his system is great. It doesn't always fit the players. Yeah, you saw it with the usage of, of uh, Duke. We all know he's a great player. He just wasn't using him. Um, so hopefully, this is a good thing. It, tell me the name, Freddie Kitchens, the guy who's calling the plays now. Isn't just isn't that just the best name for an OC, an offensive play caller? So I like where this thing is moving. However, Mayfield, he's a rookie. He's gonna be making rookie mistakes. He's just not very accurate thus far. So Landry, I'm loving this guy, right? He's doing a lot of things. Only Thalen has more targets. Landry has a hundred targets, according to Josh Hernsmeyer's air yards. Only Thalen has more. Landry, the guy from Miami, is fifth in air yards. I mean, he used to get an A dot an average depth of target. Uh, Just like seven yards down the field. Now they're really airing it out. However, he's got 100 targets, over 1,000 air yards, only five wide receivers that have that many. Why does he only have 560 yards, you may ask? It's because of Baker. I love me some Bake. However, if you adjust for accuracy, he is the 28th most accurate quarterback in the league. That's why Landry is not getting it done. Uh, They're going to need to pass in this one. I, I, I like that. I just don't think in this season they have done Mayfield any favors with the turmoil and the chaos that's been going on. And I think that shows in his accuracy. I don't think he's as familiar with the playbook as he should be. And I don't think they're always calling the right plays. So hopefully we've got nowhere to go but up. I, I think you might get some garbage yards here with Mayfield, but uh, Landry should be doing a heck of a lot better. I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think of this passing game? Are you buying Mayfield in the
0: uh, the long run here? I mean, he's a rookie. So if you're talking about starting him from week to week, it's hard. Long term? Yeah, I am. I like I like uh, everything I've seen out of him. I think you're seeing him uh, – go more towards a little dump down and, and make the easy play, which is probably hard for him to do um, when you're in the middle of the action. You know, he likes to kind of make the tough play, and we've seen it already in his short uh, career. He, he likes to throw the ball in the small windows. But just look at Duke Johnson last uh, week. Led the team nine catches, had two touchdowns, um, you know, had, had almost 80 yards. I think I think you're seeing a little bit since they got rid of Hyde. They're doing a little bit of hey, let's use Chubb the Ramat. Let's let use. Yeah. He's going to be our running guy. He's playing well as well. Um, he, he had a you know 85 yards and a touchdown last week himself. And let's uh let's let Duke Johnson be himself. Uh, pretty much one of the best receiving. I think he's got the most yards of any running back. Um, over the last few years, um, since since coming over uh, from uh, since, since landing there, Duke Johnson is now getting a reprisal of his role. Uh, so owners that picked him up or drafted him and kept him on their bench for a while are happy that, that Hyde's gone. Uh, poor Hyde. He just seems like, uh, I mean, I guess we'll find out a little bit more this week with him, but, um, it could be just a bad situation for him, fantasy and for his career. I like Baker. I like the Browns. I like what they're doing all around. You got Callaway uh, as well, having um, having a, having a, a sound uh, rookie season. I think uh, you know David Njoku. It's it's uh, he's got a couple touchdowns um, over the last few weeks, so he's been dropping the ball. So I, I like I like what they're doing. They're kind of said, "Hey, here's our offense. Here's what we've got. We're gonna run with this." Our expectations um, have never been that high in the first place. I guess ownership had them a little higher um, with some of the firings, but I think it was the right move. Um, And and let's see. You know, the Falcons are 4-4 themselves. The Browns at home, you know, he said the Falcons were favorites, but the Browns could easily beat this team. It's not like uh, the Falcons are invincible or anything close these days, and I really like the defense the Browns have as well.
1: Yeah, with Duke, I mean, it's about time to use him. I do think he's going to be really game script dependent. Now, this week, I think it, it's, it's a good week for Duke. However, going forward, I really think you're going to see he's going to be kind of whack-a-mole. He's going to have some games where he's on, some games where he's off, and I really think that's going to be game script dependent when they're up or when it's you know within a touchdown, when it's close. I think you're going to see Chubb. I think that's going to be the majority of the games And PFF, I don't have it in front of me, but I know even before he took over that starting role, they had him graded as the highest rushing running back for their grades. And, of course, that was before he really got a bunch of carries. But even since then, he's still right up there top five. I mean, I really like what I've seen with Chubb. I think there's going to be more good things to come. Uh, Same thing with Njuko. I mean, he's just one of those guys that are too talented to stay down. And long run, I do like Mayfield. He's got to get more accurate. And I think that will come once they get some consistency with the with that organization and speaking of there's been murmur on the street about Bruce Arians possibly going there and and turning some things around which I think would be great
0: would they do that ever mid-season because yeah I read that he's like basically he's like the only team I would go coach is Cleveland I bet you that the Dallas could get him over there I'm sorry but I just think that they could with a nice big package but um I hope Arians, you know, he said he wanted to be with his family. He's had yeah. some health issues while he was coaching. Just I just stay stay out of it, you know, stand back. I think it would be kind of annoying for Arizona Cardinals fans um, <laughs> who have, uh, you know, just to have him split and then halfway through the season or even just missing one season, go to a younger up-and-coming squad, even though – let's be honest. No one's ever wanted to go to coach Cleveland that had any kind of, um, you know, cachet. So at the same time, I'd be happy for him because I love Arians as a coach. Um, you want to move on to the next game?
1: Yeah, I, I you know in Joker, I always think he's in play there. Landry, I think it, you, you talk Calloway, we saw a lot of flashes with Calloway early on. I think now he's He does have a high ceiling, but we just haven't seen enough consistency there. I do think, though, Chubb, he is a real solid play going forward. Um, I think he's going to be probably the most consistent fantasy player there, even more so than Landry because Landry, although he's getting the love, he's getting the targets. If you watch some of those passes, they are just not accurate. So I love the usage of Landry. I think Baker's going to get better, and I am really liking what I've seen of Chubb.
0: Cool. Let's uh, head over to the next game. That's going to be Detroit Lions uh, coming to Soldier Field. Let's talk about another rookie, on Johnson. Um, he's finally, since they decided, okay, we've got, this is our guy, um, looking great. You know, he's, he's he's got 500 yards rushing on the season. Uh, just seems like the way he's been playing over the last few uh, this is a guy that could um, not only be the first uh, in years to have a 100-yard game, but I could see this guy going over the century, Mark, and having a 1,000-yard season um, if he keeps on playing the way he is. Um, just kind of kind of lighten it up, getting the load. Um, Garrett Blunt's kind of been relegated, and, you know, they, they dropped – Uh, Amir Abdullah, who wasn't really doing squad anyways, I I, I like it. What else do you, uh, what else are you seeing with the Lions, uh, Stafford? And, you know, obviously there's going to be a a second week of finding out what this air, this this receiving core looks like now that Golden Tate is out and sitting over there on the Eagles. Let's start there. What are your expectations, uh, Marvin Jones versus Galladay?
1: Uh, You know, I'm kind of going down with the Galladay ship this year. The talent is just undeniable. I made a trade early on to get Galladay. At the time, I think people thought I was giving up too much. However, the talent is just undeniable. So if you have not seen this kid play, I I think he is their best receiver there. I think Jones is the 1B. Galladay is the 1A. However... I, I just don't get the play calling here with Patricia. I think he really wants to be a defense and ground and pound. I mean, I tweeted out a few weeks back that <laughs> I forget how I phrase it, but something to the effect that Blunt must have you know witnessed a crime and he's got some dirt on Patricia because I don't I don't know the love for Blunt. and I don't know why they're they've stopped using Galliday. We all saw last week you think, hey, of the target share has been shipped over to Philly. Now's the time to shine. And that didn't really happen. I'm willing to say that was against Minnesota. That was a a fluke kind of a game. I think you cannot keep a good man down. Galladay is going to rise to the cream of the crop. And I still think he could be a guy because the talent is this good that can win you some fantasy leagues. Is that going to come to fruition? Chances are getting less and less. Likely. I tell you, man, though, when I heard the Tate news, and I'm a Notre Dame fan, I love Golden Tate, but I was so excited for Galliday, And I thought this was going to be the turning point, and thus far it hasn't come. It's only been one game, so I'm willing to give it a little bit more, but I just don't know if the way Patricia is running this team, if it's going to be to galliday's strengths. but Golden uh,
0: Jones, last two games, one with Tate and one with the Golden Tate. And one without, but he uh, last two games, thirteen interceptions, 183 yards, two TDs. Uh, looking, looking like uh, things are going, going pretty, pretty uh, well for MJJ uh, yeah. there. So you know, I'm, TJ Jones, he had a. Is he going to be able to fill in the taint, uh, role? Who knows. But um, I I think you're going to see Galladay getting some of those weeks, and then Marvin Jones. But if, if Jones has another big game. This week against the Bears, it's going to be looking like, and I agree with you that Galladay's the better player, but I think it's going to be looking like Marvin Jones could be primed for a great second half uh, for fantasy football owners.
1: And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like somebody's just going to, because this is a huge target share, 27% target share all of a sudden that vacates. I don't think it's like one guy steps in and, and gets that slice of pie. I think everyone's slice of pie will grow a little bit. We saw Riddick. Uh, he's coming back. He's gonna fill in a little bit. So you're right. I think it's gonna be this distribution and it's just how much and who gets what. But uh, I'm excited to see it. I would still think going from this point forward, Galladay is gonna be the better player. But you know, rational coaching and <laughs> what we actually see is not always the same thing.
0: You know, Marvin Jones. Last thing I say, he's still pretty young. I think he's 27. He's gotten it done for fantasy owners. I honestly think Marvin Jones is an underrated player, and I oh yeah, going into next season, um, you can always get him. He's almost like the West Welker. He's the modern day yeah. West Welker. You can always—I think I got him in the 14th round or something—and uh, and he's always under. People are like, nah, nah, nah. Maybe that changes with uh, take on, but um, Marvin Jones, underrated player. Anything else you want to talk about in this game, or let's go
1: to the Bears. Last thing real quick, though, as much as I hate to say it, uh, the worst playoff quarterback matchup. uh, Stafford is going to face Arizona, Buffalo, Minnesota. And that, of course, uh, you know, number, if you look at 4 for 4s schedule, adjusted fantasy points allowed, Arizona is the third toughest, Buffalo is the first, and then they got Minnesota 21st. So one of the a real tough one there. And then um, for the wide receivers, that is basically the same as well. Uh, so they got a tough schedule. Now, if you play week 17, it gets a lot better when they see Green Bay. But tough passing schedule weeks 14 through 16 for my Lions.
0: Cool. Let's go over to the Bears. Let's move quickly because right now at the pace we're going. I know All right, baby. At this one, we're going to be here for three and a half hours. Uh, which is the norm for you and I, but you've got school tomorrow. I've got an early meeting tomorrow, and I still got to edit and get this show up. Let's go quickly on certain games. This will be one one side of it that we will. Chicago Bears, I'm going to let you talk about Trubisky, Cohen, and the wide receivers. Jordan Howard coming off a two-TV game last week. Finally kind of looks like he's getting some momentum um, and he's also been able to do very well over his career against the Lions. I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, let's see. Uh, anything you want to say? Trubisky seems like as a fantasy owner that has him, when you play him, he does it. When you don't and he's on your bench, he throws up 40. Uh, throw down anything you want to talk about with Tariq, tight end, Trey, uh, wide receivers and uh, do so. I'll let you. Kinda of hold the court here but let's let's move swiftly,
1: yeah, looking at dK draftkings points I mean trubisky he's been unbelievable in his last five games, three of them have gone for over thirty draftkings points, so he's certainly I think matchup dependent, but I do like trubisky uh Also matchup dependent is the the running backs. You saw last week, if it's going to be a positive game script, which I think it's going to be versus Detroit, they are not good at stopping the run. I think you got another Jordan Howard game coming up. I do not think it's going to be a Cohen game. It's game script dependent, and I think this is another Jordan Howard game. They're going to rely on the run.
0: Cool. I like it. You want to say anything about uh, the wide receivers? Right, Bert? (laughs) Is uh, the trajectory and the momentum for him swinging in a good, in a good place after uh, the touchdown he had last week heading into the second half of the season?
1: I think Trey Burton it's looking good. You know, I was all about um, T- Taylor Gabriel uh, a few weeks ago when Allen Robinson was kind of dinged up, but uh, it didn't do as well as expected. And Anthony Miller's coming on. So right. it's kind of a whack-a-mole there with the wide receiver. I do think Trey Burton, the talent is just too good. We saw it last year. He He's starting to get a little bit better. Heck, three weeks ago, he had a 30-pointer against New England. So I, I think we can see it with Trey Burton, and that might be because we're not seeing it with any one wide receiver in particular. But I do like Miller long-term.
0: Cool, buddy. Um, hey, one quick question. Uh, I know it's a long shot because you'll have to teach the next day, but if you want to, um, I'm going to. They just moved that Bears-Minnesota Vikings game with um, up to the Sunday night game of the week. Uh, I think that is t- two weeks from now. I don't think it's next weekend. I think it's two weeks, but I'm not sure. But we have an extra ticket if you're interested, and you could do it if you wanted to come, uh, hang out and – go to that game with me. It'd be fun. Yeah. What's the date on that one? Do you know I've handled I'll, was... I'll, I'll find out in a minute. Uh, Vikings, yeah. I forget, Vikings, Bears, um, 2018, but we'll, we'll move on to the next game and I'll, while well, you're kind of throwing down, uh, it's 18th. So that's going to be next. That's not this weekend. It's the following Sunday night. Uh, so yeah, 18th. And so that's the weekend before, um, the, uh, the Thanksgiving game where they go to uh, the Lions. So let me know. I know it's going to be tough because you got, probably got class the next day. But if you think you can do it and you wanted to go see a Vikings-Bears game, um, it'll be a fun night. We're going to go pretty early, do some tailgating. And uh, to be honest, that's my one Bears game. Unless I go to that uh, the next five days later, Four days later, unless I go to that Lions game in Detroit, that's going to be my only, decidedly, my only Bears game of the season. Uh, but let me know on that. We'll move on. And, uh, hey, yeah, bro. that might,
1: might be doable. I, I got a couple uh, concerts coming up, and then we're going to see Billy Strings and Don of the Buffalo. But uh, might have to uh, check my weekends, but I'm always up for an NFL game, man. Good times.
0: Cool. Let's uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk offline, bro. Um, let's go over to the next game. But before we do so, do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, Cardinals coming uh, off a of bye, and uh, but the week before that had uh, a nice little victory against San Francisco. Rosen, uh, kind of getting his feet wet a little bit. Not that I think you're playing him uh, in any matchup uh, at, with the amount of quarterbacks that are around there. But all in all, the team seems to be on the rise. They can, um, uh, I'm spacing his name from, uh, what's what's his coach? They can, I, I apologize. Um, the, the, the offensive coordinator from- uh, Oh,
1: Byron Lefkowitz?
0: No No, he's the coach now. But the guy that can, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk about the positive. Leftwich got inserted, and Larry Fitzgerald, um, you know, before the bye week, had eight catches, hundred yards, and a TD. Uh, so that was a that was a good that was a good sign uh, for him. Anything else you want to uh, throw down on this team? David Johnson, Rosen, Kirk. What do you want? Uh, what do you want to throw down quickly? And uh, I'll not much. I've been holding
1: it. my. I've been holding my breath for David Johnson uh, to get it done. You know, maybe with Byron Leftwich here. You know, I've always thought he's kind of script-proof. Uh, we'll see. You can't deny the talent, so I, I still believe in him. However, this team is just hurting this year, regardless of who's calling it. Now, I will say Larry, I thought he had, he had a great game against uh, San Francisco week eight. He's got a full week of rest coming off the bye. Going up against Kansas City, you know Kansas City gives it up uh, to the wide receiver spot. So I think it could be maybe a sneaky one here for Larry Fitz. But I got to say, man, Vegas pegs this one as a 16.5 win for Kansas City. They think Kansas City is going to beat Arizona by 16.5 points. Arizona has an implied team total of 16 and three quarters. So not looking good. Let's talk Kansas City because they have the highest implied team total of the week, 33.25.
0: One quick thing, and I want you – it was Mike McCoy. I'm an idiot. I always botch names not the real McCoy, uh, but quickly, um, you know, you refer to it. I refer to it on, on shows um, that we record, uh, you know, when you get, when you're able to get it out early, like you did this week. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the Vegas and don't, let's not go too deep to keep it uh, the show a little longer, but I think it's, I think it's pretty much one of our best weekly pieces. And uh, I know the effort and the write-up and the in-depth, uh, Hey, kind of telling you what these charts and what these Vegas lines and uh, implied point totals are, are are telling you, and Ie should be telling other fantasy owners. But give us a little brain dump on Pyromaniac's mo, spreading the line of fantasy weekly piece on Pyromaniac.com. Um, you know, we got the we got the brain share here on the show. Um, I'd love to hear uh, you tell the audience a little bit about about it.
1: Yeah, it identifies, uh, so you're looking at the matchups, and let's face it, Vegas is Vegas for a reason. They're not using tarot cards and reading tea leaves in the back to come up with who's winning this shit. They know what they're doing, right? They're, they're Vegas for a reason. So you're taking the numbers that Vegas puts out, and essentially you're looking at the spreads, you're looking at the total, and then you can do a little bit of math and then figure out what the implied total is for each Team. So essentially, you're always looking for opportunity, right? That's what fantasy comes to. It comes to who's going to get the most opportunity. Which teams are going to have the most opportunity to score? And then which positions on those teams are going to have the most opportunity with the ball? So basically, you look at the implied team totals for which teams are going to score the most points. So for example, Kansas City leads them all this week. Just over 33 points. I mean, rarely. Do you see a team over 30? Uh, this year's a little different, um, but I don't remember too many teams over 31. And Kansas City's at 33, a little over 33. So we've identified this team is going to score a lot of points. Then you look at the spread. This is the highest spread of the week. So, highest implied team total. Highest spread. So, Vegas is predicting they're going to beat Arizona by just over 16 points. That means positive game script. That means when a team is up by a lot, they're going to run the ball to chew the clock. And that means this team, Kansas city that has an implied team total of over 33, they're going to score a lot of points and the running back is going to have the most opportunity to do so. Why? Because the spread is so high. They're going to give the running back the ball to positive game script. That's what teams do when they're up Uh, this chart is beautiful by itself it's color-coded it really jumps out at you it doesn't take much to figure it out you can just look and basically if you got a team that has an implied team total of over i would say 25 26 this year that's something you're looking for then if you've got a spread of six points or more that's something you're looking for so if a team is favored by six points or more they're going to be using the running backs. If a, if a team is down by six points or more and they have an implied team total, that means the wide receivers and quarterbacks are going to go. Uh, I also do a write-up that accompanies the chart. Last week, man, I'm telling you, I hit last week. I identified, I think I talked four running backs, and I know uh, I, I talked McCaffrey and Hunt, so the two top Scoring running backs last week, I was talking about in my chart. I'm not naming the ton of guys. I named, I believe, four running backs last week. I believe all four were in the top 15. And like I said, I named McCaffrey and Hunt. Um, And and that's what you're trying to do. Vegas isn't always 100% right, but this can give you a huge leg up, not only just looking at the chart, but then diving a little deeper into the write ups it really allows us to see why Vegas is so great. And now you just apply it to fantasy and you can be a uh, happy camper when you do.
0: Yeah. High five to you. And I, I've noticed like this week's article, I, I believe I posted uh, this article for the, the week 10 uh, earlier this morning. I think it's th- three pages long. You're right. <laughs> this now. one I went a little overboard. Yeah. I, I saw that I was copying and pasting. I posted it in. And like whoa! All right, it's, it's, it's um, hard. I mean, this year is insane for fantasy
1: scoring. So honestly, when I look at it, that's that's all I'm looking for. If a team has now, uh, years ago, four for four did a study, and usually, and now a couple of years ago, it was when a team had 24 points implied. Well, Jesus, that's everybody now. They're about to set a record. I believe it was two weeks ago, maybe week eight, where. Uh, the average implied team total, I think, hit 24 for all teams. That was a Vegas record for how many points have been scored or how many points they are predicting to score. So this is kind of a crazy year. But I would say this year, if you've got a team that's going to be scoring 27 points or more implied team total, I'm going to look at that team. If you've got a team that has 6-7 uh, for the spread, I'm going to look at that. And again, all you're looking for, what team's going to score a lot. And then can I tell which positions are going to do it based on the spread? And that's what the chart reveals pretty quickly by looking at it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Great, great, great work. As you said, and we talked before, um, this article, check it out, spreading the lines of fantasy by pyromaniac, Mo weekly, uh, We're pretty sure, not positive, but pretty sure that Pyromaniac is the only site offering this for free. It's not premium content. Um, So, use it or lose it. Let's move over to the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes uh, has passed for 300 yards and three touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, If he does it again this week against Arizona, he will join Steve Young as the only players in NFL history with 300 yards and three touchdowns in five consecutive games. Uh, You know, I love the milestones. I love talking about the big picture stuff. And I love talking about Patrick Mahomes because essentially he is my favorite player in the league that isn't named Julio Jones or Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, guy is awesome all around. I'll let you do a little uh, dump on this team. Um, you know, we don't have to talk too much for the reasons yeah. you spoke with the uh, Vegas. And you're starting you're starting the fleet here. Uh, looks like Sammy Watkins is, is dealing with a foot injury. Keep an eye on that. I can see them sitting uh, him in this matchup. Uh, Hill's a little banged up. So uh, this is the kind of matchup that I think Kansas City thinks they have in the bag. I'm not saying they're at home, one of the hardest home uh, um, field advantages for any other visiting team. I'll let you do your thing. Go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't need me to tell you that Kansas City is freaking awesome. However, we can look at a few things here. Tyreek Hill, he's going to be squaring off against Dumar Taylor. Of course, Tyreek Hill's awesome. However, I think he's going to be uh, even more so this week. Uh, pro Football Focus, they grade all of the starting cornerbacks. This week, there are, what, 28 teams that are playing, and they each have three starting corners, a right, a left, and a slot. Do the math, but I'm telling you right now, there's only two starting cornerbacks that have a lower grade than Jamar Taylor. That's who's facing Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill is going to be in a great spot. However, I think even a better spot is going to be Hunt. Why do you ask that because exactly what it was last week you've got sixteen point five I mean I could honestly I could even see them getting up by so much against Arizona that where goes in and actually gets something done. We've seen this with um Gordon and Eckler right we've seen it when when Gordon has been getting up and the charges are up that they give Eckler some carries. I could see that with Kansas City. However, I think Hunt is going to have another smash game. Again, 33.25. And if you're playing DFS and you're not sure who to put in, personally, I'm jamming in Hunt because his price is still too good. He's not like Gurley where you got to sell the farm. I'm getting in Hunt. I could even see stacking it with Mahomes, a quarterback running back stack. Now you have your finger in possibly every single touchdown that Kansas city puts up again, expected to put up over 33 points. So I'm loving me some hunt, loving me some Mahomes, And, and as I said, uh, Tyreek, the freak has probably the third best matchup going against the third worst cornerback this week.
0: Nice. And obviously you're starting Kelsey. He's the number one tight end of all of them. This team has an
1: embarrassment of riches. I I mean, literally I forgot to talk about Kelsey and they're, they're smashing this this team is just unbelievable
0: unbelievable um, and I'm, I, 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 I'm I'm gonna be unhumble I, I called it they're all offseason leading up I just knew that that team was gonna be dominatrix and killing it um, they were just gonna be the highest scoring team in the NFL uh, just a Just uh, an unbelievable uh, bevy of riches. And I will
1: say this. uh, We set fantasy playoffs around the bend. Uh, Kareem Hunt,
0: man, Kansas City,
1: they've got a tough playoff schedule. Playing when you adjust for schedule, they're playing the toughest for running backs, the 13th toughest, and the 7th in weeks 14 through 16. Now, that said, is that going to cause you to do anything on Hunt? Maybe not, right, because he is hunt. However, these are just some things to keep in mind uh, when you're working on your trades. Uh, this is also a time you got to start. I'm not a handcuffed dude, but I am handcuffing now. If I am a hunt owner, I'm going out and getting me some uh, some wear. I'm getting some insurance. If I'm a girly owner, I'm going to get some brown. If I've got mixing, I've already got Geo in one of my teams. This is the time when you got to start looking future down the road weeks 14 through 16 and this is the time when you might want to take some insurance because there are teams i mean look at what pittsburgh did right they've got bell out and connor comes up and smashes there are teams heck when mixon was out look at what geo did there are teams that are so good their backup is going to do you well and if you are in one of those leagues and you know trading stops you need to lock up some guys now this is a guy i'm locking up as
0: hunt Let's move on to the New England Patriots, 7-2 against the Tennessee Titans, coming fresh off a nice victory against the Cowboys. We'll start with the New England Patriots. Brady, if he scores three touchdowns in this game, he will tie Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes by a quarterback in NFL history. If, uh, let's say, Brady can get four, he will sit atop All the NFL quarterbacks that have ever played the game with the most touchdown passes. Goddamn, the GOAT has got it on every level. So uh, what do you say here? Uh, Obviously, let's uh, quickly talk about um, James White. Uh, I'm pretty sure James White right now is the sixth um, running back in points scored um for fantasy owners, uh, the guy has just been a just a gem I, I know in a lot of my leagues he was ugh, going in the eleventh through the thirteenth round. people just want to stay off these third down quarterbacks people uh, were drafting Rex, uh you know free yeah i got uh, I got, got some of him in uh, uh best ball there. leagues yeah so James White crushing it. Just the perfect, perfect uh, running back uh, for this current team that got banged up at the running back position. Sony Michelle comes back. I'll let you talk about it. Give a little uh, pyromaniac mo, uh, New England uh, brain dump here. And then I think we can kind of cruise a little bit through the Titans.
1: Yeah. Like you said, White, he's a PPR darling sixth best ppr back however the dude is so good he is the seventh best back in standard uh i will say and i was wild bill and they are just never very honest when it comes to the status of these dudes as of right now sony michelle edelman gronkowski are all listed as questionable also, their wide receiver slash running back, all of a sudden, Cordero Patterson, also listed as questionable. My worry, because I've got a lot of uh, Cordero Patterson. Yeah. he's. I mean, Jesus, where did that come from?
0: live carries for 61 yards and a rushing touchdown last week.
1: DFS, I was set to smash. I had a great week last week. I was set to smash and I I think it was either last week it all runs together but I had Kenyon Barner and all of a sudden Cordero Patterson just comes out and I'm like what the hell is happening Um, I can't believe this guy who was all hyped up when he came out of uh, Texas I forget where he came out from
0: uh, Tennessee.
1: Tennessee and it was a T uh, I thought he was going to do great things. And lo and behold, you know, Wild Bill, he gets these guys that didn't pan out and he throws them into a new position and he's doing well. Now, do I think that's going to continue going forward? No. I do think if healthy, they're going to want to have this dual threat with Sony Michelle and James White, but certainly a surprise. Now, Michelle, I'm hoping he can go. Like I said, questionable, limited in practice Wednesday it has got a tough matchup, man. The Titans, they held Zeke. I faded Zeke last week. They held him to just 61 yards rushing. Since the start of 2017, only Todd Gurley has put up a 100-yard day against the Titans. So only one running back in a year and a half has had a 100-yard day against these guys. So Titans are sneaky good. So as much as I love me some Michelle, I don't know if this is going to be the best week, and they might not even bring him back. I mean, they're six-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know if they're going to need to rush him back. I could see them keeping him on the bench and and still going with Patterson. White, 25% target share. No other running back has a higher percentage of team target share. Gordon, uh, Flash Gordon starting to, Pick it up sixth in air yards in the last two weeks. Uh, You're liking the Patriots, but I think it's going to be one more week maybe before Michelle really comes back and shines. Cool.
0: I like it. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Uh, Well, on the other side,
1: uh, finally, I think they are going with Lewis. Um, We've all seen Lewis. He's been the better back by far. Now, I, I wrote down some stats here. Henry, last week, six carries, season low. Lewis, 19, season high. Now, everybody says it's trending in the right way. Um, if you look at the last two weeks, Lewis, 76% of the rushes. Henry, 24 That was not the case. Four weeks ago, it was more like a 60-40. So it's starting to go heavy, Lewis. And last week, we saw uh, season high, season low. Lewis is the guy. And I know there are those guys out there says, well, Henry's going to be the smash guy. Not necessarily so. They both have 13 red zone rushing attempts. And Lewis actually has more red zone looks when you count receptions and they have um, Lewis has actually scored one more TD in total in the red zone. So everybody says, Oh, Henry's going to be, once again inside the 20, Henry, that's not the case. Lewis has outplayed him. Finally, the coaching staff recognizes it and he's getting the snaps. He's getting the rushes and he is getting the ball in the red zone. Lewis has finally uh, made it there. I think you can retire, get rid of Derrick Henry.
0: Yeah, Henry had a you know, goal line touchdown last, uh, last week, or this, you know, a few days ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's yeah. no question about it. The game, uh, the eye test. Is Henry's crazy. only got two
1: red zone rushing TDs on the year. Uh, Lewis has three touchdowns inside the red zone, uh, one rushing, two receiving.
0: No brainer. Uh, agreed, Corey Davis. Uh, what are your thoughts? Can he do anything in this game? If not, let's move on to the next one. Before you respond to that, Corey Davis, Belverde.
1: Corey Davis, he's up there. If you look at target share, which I do, I love the target share. Uh, I just think this season, Mariota, you know, he couldn't feel the ball for a, a good many games. He had no feeling in his fingertips. It, they just don't pass enough. I do like Corey Davis. If I'm a dynasty guy, I'm hanging on to him. I think Lewis is the play here. I'm not pumped up about uh, Davis. Lewis is getting a lot of looks coming out of the backfield. I like
0: the talent there, but not necessarily in redraft. Cool. Love it. Let's move on to the next game. Washington Redskins are going to be going down to Tampa Bay. Let's start with the Redskins there. I don't even know really where to start. Well, Um, Redskins
1: man, Alex Smith, he finally kind of came on. He, uh, Alex Smith, had his only 300-yard game last week, this season, faces Tampa, who essentially they only have one cornerback that started week one that is still starting. They have been banged up. They've got a lot of slot corners that are playing at all the positions. Tampa, when you adjust for schedule, Tampa, Tampa, comes in dead last versus opposing quarterback. So, streamable as much as I hate to say it, Alex Smith, if you got to go out and stream this week, he could. I'm not chasing the box score. I'm saying this just cuz he finally kind of got off and they're playing he's playing such a bad uh, a team. Redskin wide receivers, they are uh, goodness gracious, not great, Crowder is questionable, Dawson Maurice Harris. He's a he's a he's a dude you probably don't know the name, but if you're gonna go out and get a waiver wire guy, he could very well be available. 12 targets last week. Now, if you look at uh Tampa, they are 31st and 29th against wide receivers in PPR and standard, respectively. So, honestly, I could see me streaming some Alex Smith, and I could see running, stacking that with a Maurice Harris. This is if you're hard up and you need a play. I'm not saying this is a great play, but I'm saying you could have a good week here with uh, Smith and Maurice Harris.
0: I agree. Harris on those 12 targets, 10 catches, 124 yards, Crowder's banged up uh doxon you know had a touchdown last week but um it just doesn't seem to be there maurice harris could be one of those sneaky plays and you know, dfs guys and uh or if you're in a, in a in a bad way with injuries on your team he's available on the waiver wire hey i put cool. in
1: a fab bid for him
0: cool um jordan reed it seems like he's getting somewhat targets but he's at this point it seems to be like uh a four for 50 uh, kind of dude. Um, he's just, he's just not getting it done. The days of Jordan Reed um, getting peppered targets and forced balls from cousins are obviously gone with his departure. Jordan Reed healthy, still not getting it done for fantasy owners at this point. I think, you know, this game might be a good matchup for him. Uh, you know, I'll do, I'll go to the points allowed for um, the Redskins they're actually pretty good against the uh, tight end. They're 10th. They only allow 6.4 fantasy points against the tight end. Uh, Jordan Reed, I, I don't know what to say there, especially because Vernon Davis he outscored him at less targets, but outscored him last week. Um, keep your eye on that one. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of all off the Redskins, and the only bummer about that is the fact that it, it kind of cost me Adrian Peterson, who's, um, having a nice little renaissance season. Uh, you got anything to say about Adrian Peterson?
1: Well, uh, I, I've been liking AP. He disappointed last week, and I, I'm not looking to, for a big rebound game. I mean, Tampa is a funnel defense for a reason. They are terrible against the pass. They're, they're kind of good against the run. Um, line adjusted rushing yards, the Bucks they only allow when you adjust for situation. And by that, I mean uh, down distance situation and opponent. This is another Football Outsiders. They do a great job. Uh, 3.59 yards allowed. Only three defenses are allowing fewer adjusted rushing yards than Tampa. So AP, I'm not about this week. I do like what he's done. Plus, uh, Washington, there are probably going to be out there two starting guards, and they're facing a healthy Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry. Tampa's been without those defensive linemen for a couple weeks. They've been battling injury. I'm pretty sure you're going to have a healthy McCoy, a healthy Curry, and I think AP, minus his two guards, is going to have a tough game this week.
0: Cool. Let's go over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to let you do a little bit of a um... – a little dump here on, on, on what you think. If you need any help, let me know. Um, but let's cruise through this one, and we'll get to the next game. And, uh, you know, if, if you if you got something to say there, fine. The next handful of games yeah. are pretty dudley. So yeah. uh, we're going to catch up pretty quickly. So do Even- your thing on this one.
1: Even with Tampa, you know I'm loving the quarterback spot, and it seems like whoever starts, uh, that quarterback has just been great, except for the one Winston Baum, Fitzmagic, I am a believer. They have a great wide receiver crew, and sneaky, sneaky play, Humphreys. Second most wide receiver snaps on the season besides Evans. Uh, a, A lot of people. Don't I, I think Humphreys is on your waiver wire right now. I'd be willing to bet a lot of people don't give him his due. Sneaky play up against Washington, who ranked 26th against quote other receivers. So you've got Evans as the one, you've got Deshaun Jackson as the two. So they rank 26th against a guy like Humphreys getting all kinds of snaps, getting some targets, and who has a very good chemistry with Fitzmagic. I think that's a sneaky play, a guy you can get off your waivers or a a play you can get in DFS. Uh, I like me some O.J. Howard. I was on him last week. I I like it again. I think Brait seems to have a connection with Winston, and I think O.J. Howard seems to have a connection with Fitzmagic.
0: So uh, Godwin, kind of a darling through the first four or so games of the season. Um, it, 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 Humphreys has obviously surpassed him on uh, snaps. Uh, he was was kind of blanketed last week um, in Week Nine. Is he is he kind of being phased out a little bit? What's going on? I mean, again, he, like you said before, he got into the wide receivers. They got they got they got might be have one of the deepest wide receiver crews in the league. And uh, now that you have got Fitzpatrick slinging the ball around, Fitz delivering some uh, serendipitous magic. Um, What's going on with Godwin, though?
1: Last three weeks, man, my my guy Humphreys, uh, again, as I said, second in targets on the season. But last three weeks, second in targets, 26 to Godwin's 16. 19 receptions for Humphreys, 9 for Godwin. Uh, zero times in the end zone for Godwin, two for Humphreys. So, yeah, he was a great guy. I believe I actually picked him up one of my leagues when uh, we drafted at the beginning of the year. Looked great early on. Times have changed. It is now Humphreys, not Humphreys McGee. It is uh, Adam Humphreys and not Godwin. The talent's there, but I don't think he meshes as well. And
0: he's just not riding it like Humphreys is. Humphrey's going for his third game in a row with seven or more catches. I agree. Uh, God damn it, I can hear my dog starting to rise and breathe heavy. Oh, which I got means, this, baby. Which, which means a, uh, you know she's fine. I'm not even going to answer, but when she starts to breathe heavy, she gets up and starts scratching at the door. In her 12-year-old uh, age, she's definitely – we used to do this podcast and be like – We got a podcast. She's going to the room and shut up for three and a half hours, and I'd wake her up. But as she's gotten older, she's definitely gotten a lot more anxious. She can't chill quite like she could when she was uh, an eight-year-old. But let's go to the next game. But before we do, let's take a word. Let's take a moment and listen to a word from our sponsors. All right, the Bills at the Jets. The Battle of New York. This one is going to suck balls. Uh, Let me let you uh, talk it up. It looks like um, Allen out. Peterman blows donkey dick. So Derek Anderson is going to be the starter there again. I think that tells you everything you need to know, but go ahead.
1: Well, I, I, I'm gonna add a little fantasy to this fantasy here in a moment, but a little bit of reality. Vegas has this one as the only game expected to score under 40 points. This is not what you're looking for in fantasy. I'm Buffalo 14.5 implied team totals. The Jets 22 implied team totals. Not a lot here. Uh Ivory is banged up. McCoy, they're always playing from behind. Uh, not doing all that well. So you're not really playing the the running game here. I'm not really playing anybody on the Buffalo, to be honest with you, even at a chief quarterback in DFS. So the Bills are a bench. Okay. The Jets, though, Darnell uh, reported today significant foot sprain. This happened in uh, practice. Their quarterback happened in practice. There was a source said not likely to play. What they saw today. So you got to keep posted to this one. Oh, this is. Out.
0: They've already said he's oh, out.
1: Oh, okay. Is he out for sure? All right. So.
0: They're going to let it.
1: So let me bring you down this little road of fantasy. McCown. Last year, okay. I'm going to give you two players. Robbie Anderson is one. Okay. Yep. Robbie That's Anderson last year with McCown. These two players. So. McCown, or I'm sorry, Robbie Anderson with McCown and this other player. One was PPR 18, one was PPR 15. One had 114 targets, the other 114 targets. One had 63 receptions, the other player 65 receptions. One had seven touchdowns, the other player seven touchdowns. And they were about within 100 yards of each other. Anderson was one. You know who that other player was? Anderson with McCown was one. The other player, Brandon Cooks with Tom Brady last year.
0: I was going to say, even it it sounded like it could have been Juju Smith-Schuster as well. But yeah, okay, Brandon Cooks. That makes sense. So
1: look at what Cooks is now. I'm not saying Anderson is the player that Brandon Cooks is. I'm saying that Anderson is... Far less than what we saw last year. I think he's so much less. I don't think people remember this was a wide receiver, too, in fantasy last year. This was a guy that was on par with Brandon Cooks when Brandon Cooks played with Tom Brady, and now he's going to get McCown back. We've seen Darnell. He does not go down the field. I think he's bottom three for uh, average depth of throw. That's what Anderson needs. Anderson needs a guy that can put it downfield, and that's what McCown does. So I wrote up all this before I knew that Darnell was going to be out. I'm excited about this one because I think he could be a sneaky little play. I know he's going to be on your waiver wire. Here's the thing, though. While I'm all excited about this, they're only expected to score 22 points. So not a lot. But I guarantee that implied team total is going to rise once McCown gets there because they've been capped with Darnell. So I'm a little excited to see what happens there. Why do running back? I don't know about that. You got Cannon. Uh, hype kind of faded with him. Only got one touch last week.
0: McGuire McGuire is a is a is a uh... Wheeler guy, he likes McGuire.
1: He looks to return this week. He's a pass catcher. You know, this would be good in positive game scripts. Or, I'm sorry, in negative game scripts. So, when they're up, they're going to be running the ball. McGuire, I think, is going to be used when they're down. They're not going to be down against Buffalo. So, I do like McGuire. I don't know if this is the game he's going to break off. If anybody, I'm going to say it's going to be Crowell, but I'm not loving it, but... Least you forget, he's got two games over 100 yards. He had one that was 219. The only problem is, all the other games he failed to put up 50. So, hello <laughs> Carl-
0: they're allowing. That's Carl Allen in a nutshell right there. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, I think the perfect word you said is break off. I think this game for both teams is like being on the can and breaking off a loaf. Let's move on.
1: Yeah. Uh, the only other guy I would toss out there, Herndon, right? PFF. I was on Herndon last week because of the matchup. PFF at the um, onset of the year, preseason, graded Herndon as the best preseason tight end. He was fantasy's 11th best PPR tight end last week. Third game with more than 10 fantasy points last week. However, the Bills, they are tough against the tight end spot. But again, McCown's coming back. They could get a little bit more. Um He's a guy that I'm keeping my eye on, but you can't get excited too much about all of this. But like I say, I think this is going to be a Crowell game, but I like McGuire down in the future. And I love me some Robbie Anderson with McCown throwing the ball to him
0: again. Totally agree. Um, Good, good call on Herndon too. Uh, Just seems like McCown, what, he makes $10 million this year. Finally, they're going to make some, make some, um, make some stats out of that money. And um, he's just shown literally over the last five, six years uh, before that, he was just a journeyman. He still is a journeyman, but he just doesn't care. He will chuck it. He's he'll hold in the pocket. He's like, yeah. dude, I'm basically 40 years old. I'm making 10 mil. I'll earn it this week um, and love that guy. And that's
1: exactly him. what Robbie Anderson needs. A guy like that.
0: Exactly. All right, let's go to the last of the early slate of games, and that's the Jaguars are going to be playing in Indy against the Colts. We'll start with the Jaguars. Yeah, so Bortles, probably available on your waiver wire, a little banged up, but is he supposed to play in this game? And if so, uh, Mo, do you like him in this matchup?
1: I can't say I've – In DFS, I was fortunate enough to play Bortles when Bortles was the positive Bortles. This is freaking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, You you never really know when. I'm having less and less confidence in him uh, as time goes on. He was indeed a full participant in Wednesday's practice. So you think he's going to go for net? Looks healthy, is not carrying a designation as far as I know. He practiced fully. So that is certainly good. It's freaking whack-a-mole with the wide receivers. And nobody I'm really excited about, to be honest with you, from the wide receiver crew, I'm not excited about Bortles. So if anything, you're talking Fournette, Yeldon, Hyde. And, you know, of course, uh, Hyde just landed there, you know, Fournette. Fournette. Is really just getting healthy again. So, goodness gracious, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, Hyde last week got 28 snaps. How did he do with those? Six rushes, 11 yards, two targets, zero catches. So, not much. Yeldon's been the guy. He's been getting 61% of the, the red zone rushes. He's uh positive runs on 86% of his carries, but now you toss in these other two guys, and I'm just not sure what I'm liking, except people on the other side of the ball.
0: I- I'm not a big Jags fan here. Cool. Let's move on to the other side of that ball. Uh quick question I got for you. You know, Marlon Mack been kind of uh limited basically i from what i read not even practicing uh they're coming off a bye week he was a little banged up before that happened but then lit it up um are you worried about mac is he are they just kind of taking the precaution and doing almost that uh, i don't know the veteran kind of move where we're not going to practice this frail guy but we know he's going to show up and play on Sundays. Is Mac a good play uh, in this matchup? Is the defense so tough that he's not even a good play? And this could be a guy uh, a time to fade him. What are your thoughts on Mac uh, Naheem, and that backfield?
1: Yeah, uh, it's tough. It's really tough. Now, if you look at the last, let's not even talk about the injury. But if you look at just the last two games that they played, they had the bye last week. Mack is clearly the guy. 44 attempts to Heinz, 16. 258 rushing yards, Heinz, 125. Seven targets to Mac. four to Heinz. Uh, 50 yards receiving to two yards receiving. Mack is clearly the guy if you compare the stats. Uh, last four weeks, he's getting 64% of the rushes, 22% for Heinz. This has been a thing all year. But here's what concerns me. He had the ankle injury uh, two weeks ago. He had all the bye week, and the guy, is he still has the ankle injury. He couldn't even get into full practice on Wednesday. He was limited. So you're telling me you can't get better? You can't at least go to a full practice after a bye week? That says there's something to be concerned about. So I am eyeballing this. Let's say a Mac is indeed healthy, then I'm liking it. If, however, he struggles to practice at full participation all week, that I think is a big red flag. This is one of those ones I think you got to keep an eye on. Again, Mac healthy, I'm digging it. If he doesn't get in a full practice by Friday, I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, um, and and again, you're playing against the Jaguars, who are I'm looking here, their fifth best against quarterback, their ninth uh, best. Against uh, I don't know how that just changed ninth against they're the number one against wide receiver uh, as a defense tenth against t- uh, tight ends um, so it, 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 they're the sixth overall defense for against fantasy in allowing fantasy points um, it's it, it's a tough defense we know it the offense side of the ball for Jaguars has been shit in the bed that's why they're three and five defense hasn't been that great but they're still a sixth. Uh, top six defense, and that's going to be tough uh, for a young Colts offense, I think. Colts being at home might help, but keep an eye on Mac. Uh, Let's talk about Andrew Luck. Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton, Ebron, Jack Doyle. What are your your thoughts on that, uh, given their opponent, given the kind of momentum they have, and, again, coming off a bye week and being able to prep for this individual matchup?
1: I will say, uh, two out of the last three games, they did surrender. Jacksonville surrendered uh, 100 yards to two different backs. Both of those backs did score a touchdown. So, in the last five weeks, or I'm sorry, the last three weeks, uh, they've been a little bit more susceptible, but we all know they are solid. Again, Mac healthy. I'm feeling okay about it. Uh, now that we've got Doyle back, I think that's a whole new can of worms. Ebron was still Ebron, if you know what I mean. He had great matchups all early season without Doyle. Sometimes the dude would smash but that would come after like four games of you playing him in DFS and he kind of break in your bank and then he would smash and then go back. So Ebron is one of the most frustrating tight ends to start. Now that Doyle's back though, I think we've all kind of forgotten. We've seen how much Andrew Luck loves to throw. He leads all quarterbacks in the red zone with 59 pass attempts Um He's tied with Mahomes, I'm sorry, I guess he's uh, tied with Mahomes for, no, he leads all, excuse me, leads all quarterbacks with 59 red zone attempts, and he's tied with Mahomes for 19 red zone touchdowns inside the 10. He leads with 12 touchdowns, so he loves to pass, but who's he going to be passing it to? In their last game, Doyle comes back, more than doubles the targets to Ebron. I think it's going to be the Doyle show as it keeps going. Ebron looked only so good because Doyle was not there. Doyle is the better player. I've seen enough of Ebron. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. We got rid of this dude
0: for a reason. He's talented. He's frustrating as hell. Doyle rules. I'm not ready to give up on Ebron that easily. Five touchdowns in his last five games. Um, it's, it's, it's been something different. I think but that was without out. Doyle, right? No, I know. I know. But I'm just not ready to say Eric Ebron's going to suck balls and be what he was with the Lions. Uh, there's there's no. something. There's, there's the no. reason I think Ebron is doing well with the luck. But I think Luck's got second most TD passes um, behind uh, Mahomes um, is because. He's got a. He's an athletic, big body guy, and they don't have that for right. sort the of player. Exactly. Uh, they, don't Doyle, a,
1: uh, they don't have a. They don't have a guy who gets you in the end zone like a, a Gurley or a Zeke. You know, a running yeah. back.
0: Doyle's a big guy, but I think he's going to be more of that first down, that that chain mover, that um, possession receiver, that f- fallback uh, third, third, fourth, three dump off. Uh, And I think that's going to be, you know, effective for Doyle. But I still think the most athletic, big target guy uh, running across the field or wherever the route may take him is going to be Ebron. And and we've seen so far through this season, Luck is willing to throw the ball up, chuck chuck it in the air, give uh, the 50-50 ball to Ebron, and... Ebron's come down with it. Uh, he's dropped actually a couple or one one or two of them that he he should have more touchdowns. Yeah, so he, he should. Stopped. Yeah, he should, but Ebron's done it, so um, I like that connection. I don't think that just evaporates. Uh, yeah, I'm but, not
1: saying it evaporates. I, I still think Ebron gets his. I do. I would be willing to say that in the next second half of the season that I think Doyle is a better. Fantasy tight end than Ebron but I still think Ebron is going to have his weeks I still think he's going to be a viable play but I just think Doyle is going to be better in the second half in this humble man's opinion
0: cool and I don't disagree Ebron's been touchdown dependent even without Doyle so it's all it all boils down
1: to yeah. Ebron. I'm not saying Ebron's Yeah, he, I like Ebron. He is a good player. He is big. He is freaking talented. And like you say, they don't have somebody that can punch it in the red zone. He is that big body guy. But uh, you know, Ebron or I'm sorry, Doyle. He's been there. I mean, he was the fantasy surprise uh, a few seasons ago. He but he's never been a huge touchdown guy. Last year, I mean, he was the sixth best. PPR tight end but only four uh, touchdowns and you know tight end is a volatile position if you can score uh, then you're good and if you can't you can struggle and I think Doyle is more like you say a possession guy he's going to get more targets I would say but with as many passes as Luck throws in the red zone I think there's going to be enough to go around for Doyle But I, love um, it. I, agree, yeah. with
0: you. I agree with that wholeheartedly Doyle in his first uh, – I don't know if his first game back uh, last week, but first yeah. time that he did, we, everyone was getting pumped for him. Did have 70 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Um, but at the same time – oh, actually, they were a bye last week, the previous week. Uh, um. But the other thing to uh, consider is Ebron, number one, uh, leads all tight ends and touchdowns. Second, uh, cross wide receivers with seven touchdowns in the season. So let's move on to the next game, uh, or anything. T.Y. Hilton is T. Uh, T. Y. Hilton banged up. Uh, this is a good matchup for him. Is he gonna get locked up with Ramsey? Let's quickly talk uh, about the wide receiver, which is basically T.Y. T. Hilton. It's form.
1: basically T.Y. Hilton. It's a tough matchup, uh, against the Jags. I think he is going to get a little bit locked up there. Um, in the last two games, he's got he's getting in the touchdown, but that's so volatile. If you take away those TDs, and that's the only reason he's been fantasy relevant last two games for T.Y. Hilton, only nine targets, five catches, 59 yards. He's showing up on fantasy box scores because he gets in the end zone. We've got Doyle that has come back now. If Mac is healthy, I don't think those touchdowns are gonna be as available for a little guy. And a little man named Dontrell Inman. Got in his first game with the Colts last week, remember, or two weeks ago, excuse me, there was a bye last week, seven targets, excuse me, six receptions, 52 yards, so in Inman's one game, in his one game, he has more receptions than Rodgers did and Hilton did in two games. So... Is it a fluke? I don't exactly think so. But Inman, I think he might certainly – if Inman can stay healthy, I think he's going to surpass Rodgers as the the second wide receiver on that team.
0: Cool. Love it. All right, let's go over to uh, the next game, Uh, first of the afternoon games. We will have three afternoon games. Um, you know, I always love uh, hearing Houdini complain about it. I don't understand why they can't just kind of throw a couple more in the afternoon and just even out the, uh, the our watching pleasure and make more games for us to watch or more um, moments for people to uh, see on, re- on the red zone. But Chargers going to be at the Raiders. We'll start with the Chargers. Um, I think this is a game we can kind of breeze through. Uh, we've got five games left, and we're sitting here pretty much uh, almost at two hours in. Uh, let's do our thing, not trying to rush us, but also uh, I'd like to keep the show under three hours. Um, yeah, baby. Let's go with the Chargers. Whatever you want to drop, make it happen.
1: Well, the, let me get the, the quick ones out of the way. Keelan Allen, not what fantasy owners expected. If you got a glimmer of hope, the Chargers have historically been a second-half kind of team. I, too, drafted Keenan Allen. I am hoping that fantasy goo comes around because, like I said, historically they're a second-half team, but I'm not looking at this game for him to rebound. If you're looking for one of the Williams boys, hell, how do you know? 32 targets for one, 29 for the other, 21 catches, 18. It's a toss-up between those two. Two boys, I would say, if you're going to pick one, eh, give me Mike Williams. But Tyrell's been coming on lately. I don't really want to mess with either Williams, boy. Uh, the only thing on the passing game, if you want to file something away, Hunter Henry. There is talk of this dude possibly returning. He's technically on PUP, not IR. Talk of him returning this season. Tore his ACL in May. What is the chances? I think they're small. However, you got room on your bench, I might stash him away just in case because he could be a game changer. Is this going to happen? I don't know. I think chances are slim, but they've been talking about him returning. Buy him now if you've got room to to throw at him, stash him away for the playoffs. The guy I do want to talk about, Melvin Gordon. I said last week, uh, looking at the Vegas chart, it really revealed McCaffrey and Hunt. This week, it's revealing Hunt and Gordon. Um, I mean, these are chalky plays, but, God, there's always chalky plays. How do you pick between, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and uh, some of these guys at the top if you're playing DFS or, or who to fade? Like I said, I think McCaff is kind of a fade this week. I love Hunt, and I love Gordon. 100 rushing yards and or a touchdown in all but one game this year. He is a beast averaging Nearly 20 carries per game. 67% of his yards come after first contact. Just like those running backs you love in PPR, he's getting over, he's getting 21% of the team target share. So Gordon could be a smash because it's going to be positive game script. The Vegas chart reveals two things. A team that's going to score a lot of points, the Chargers expected to score 30. 25 points against the Raiders the Chargers expected to win by 10 on the road so if they were at home they'd be expected to win by almost two touchdowns that means positive game script that means they're going to score a lot of points and they're going to put the ball in Melvin Gordon's hands heck even give me some Eckler because this dude's been given double digit PPR days in all but two games this year that's how much I like the running game for the Chargers Gimme Gordon with the little slice of Eckler.
0: Tyrell Williams, uh, three t- last uh, three weeks has had a touchdown, trying to make it four in a row. Pretty impressive. I think this is uh, again another guy. It's hard to hard to really uh, be too pumped up about him, but uh, when you're streaming, when you got some injuries, uh, kind of second half of the season, always Tyrell Williams seems to be getting it done. Um, what's going on with the other Williams? Is he injured? Uh, I, I should know this. I no, somewhere. I don't. I don't believe I so. Don't. And I, I kind of kind of off, hasn't?
1: He? I, I kind of touched on him uh, super quick. Neither of them carry the the injury designation, but uh, you're right. In the last four weeks, it has been T Williams who's been trending upward. However. On the season, they're a coin toss. They're only three targets away from each other. They're only three catches away from each other. They're within a 100 yards of each other. They're within nearly 60 yards, air yards, of each other. Again, if you look at the season, Mike Williams is winning by a hair. If you look at the last four weeks, like you say, Tyrell Williams seems to be getting the better of the two matchups. To me, it's just too much of a toss-up, and with this week, because they're favored by 10 points, they're not going to need to throw. You're not going to want to have to decide who's going to get it because they're not going to be throwing it. They're going to be putting it in their running back's hands.
0: Cool. Bell Verde. This is my last uh, Tangerine Space Machine. Yeah,
1: I'm out of Tangerine Space Machines, and I've moved on to my uh, this old standby, Centennial. I tell you, Centennial, which has always been a standby – I can taste how malty it is compared to the tangerine space machine, which uh, is what do you call it in New England? Which means yeah. it, it the hazy hazy style. Which I talked to my buddy who's a cellarman at Founders. So you know what a cellarman basically does? Now, basically, I'm I'm not trained or whatever, but basically, you know what this dude does? What's
0: that? Tastes beers. Oh, yeah. God fucking damn it. Did I... That's
1: pretty much what he does. He, he After the, the batch is ready to go out, he does some measurements. I mean, there's some science involved, but essentially, he tastes it to make sure everything's up to par.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, this tastes good. Let's go.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, honey. I got another rigid day at the office. It's going to be a rough one. When I come back, I'll be a little buzzed. Um, but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to pay the bills around here. Fuck, sick. My calling was missed. Um, yeah.
1: I want to see, like, his briefcase. You know how people wear a briefcase at work? I want to see him, like, you know, take out uh, a couple of different styles of pretzels. Uh, <laughs> you know, Take out, you know, the water bottle so he can cleanse his palate. Put out a couple of chip dips to go with, you know, the stout and to go with the IPA. That's the kind of briefcase that I want to bring with me to work.
0: Exactly. He's got a whole fridge like, oh, wait, hold on. I got, they asked me to figure out what these pair best with. Hold on. I'm going to, I got to cook. I'm going to cook five steaks and try all our different beers and see which kind of steaks these are best with. Uh, Tomorrow's chicken. Then we got some barbecue. Then we got all sorts of pretzels. Funny you should say pretzels. Um, I actually bought some awesome silver plate uh, honey mustard last night and some pretzels. And my dinner was a nice, one nice, amazing turkey sandwich, fresh turkey, sliced off of uh, a turkey that was uh, broiled or or smoked uh, that yesterday. And my, uh, my other element was just dipping friggin' pretzel rods into this amazing um, honey mustard. And I got to be honest, it was one of the best dinners I've had in a while. So
1: you, uh, you, you're getting me all excited with this pillow talk.
0: <laughs> all right, let's go over to the Raiders. Uh, going against this Chargers team, um, you yeah, know, Doug Martin, at this point, um, it, it, it is it's the guy that seems to be getting the action out of the backfield. Um, it's a mess, I don't really know. Other than Jared Cook, um, yeah, know, it, it, it seems like it's a pretty much a fade across the board. Yeah, Davis has not filled in that Amari role, um, <sighs> whatsoever. Uh, he seems to be a guy that's been dropped uh, across every league that I'm in. Um, give me your thoughts on this team quickly, and let's go to the next game, which in a fantasy realm I think is pretty good.
1: Yeah, uh, Martinez. I'm, you know, I still have him, hold him on to him in, in one league. I shouldn't be. He hasn't shown us anything, but do you remember what we saw in Pittsburgh? I mean, clearly it's there. I just don't know why it, it doesn't come to the surface, but maybe I do. Maybe it's Gruden and Carr and the the plays that these guys are calling. Uh, but, yeah, nothing to be excited about. Or The only thing I would mention would be a Cook. Um, although, while he is one of the better tight ends in a year of dumpster fire for the tight end position, he's got a tough matchup, man. Chargers rank first against opposing tight ends according to football outsiders so tough matchup for cook you know they're going to be passing because they're down by 10 so even though they cook ranks low i could still see playing them uh it's a tough matchup but he's about the only guy i would consider starting uh, from the raiders
0: yeah tough tough scene for the raiders they're averaging um 17.6 points per game which is uh obviously futile and one of the lowest um, to give you a little bit of uh, 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 an opposite register. The chargers are averaging um, 10 points more per game uh, for their offense at at 27. Um, And then obviously the Raiders as a defense are allowing 31 points per game, 31.5 points per game. As a defense, which is again uh, one of the worst, the Raiders are one and seven. And then you go to the flip side, uh, Chargers at six and two. Their defense is only allowing twenty two point five points per game. Uh, so I would say let's just uh, let's just not play any Raiders unless you yeah. absolutely have to. Jared Cook has probably done some great things for you. If you don't have anything better, you probably got to play him. Um, They're going to
1: need to throw. They're they're supposed to lose by 10, and literally, that is all. (laughs) That's all I can come up with for why you want to play Cook against an awful tough uh, defense. You you just don't want to have much to do with the
0: Raiders. Totally agree. All right, before we go to this next game, take a listen to this word from our sponsors. All right, the Seahawks visiting Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, where one of the greatest uh, Rolling Stones show of all time has ever happened. If you ever want to uh, uh, check out a, a, an amazing Rolling Stones show, check out the L.A. Coliseum show. I think it was during the uh, – um, I'm pretty sure it was during the Tattoo You uh, era, but it might've been some girls, uh, but they threw on like a three hour, just crazy show, uh, from the annals of, uh, rock and roll history. It was known as one of the best shows the Rolling Stones have ever put on. And you look at that stadium, it is filled to the gill. I think the last time that stadium was probably ever filled like that was during a, a USC football game when Reggie Bush and Liner were, uh, were, were playing and, uh, basically looking like unstoppable for a national championship. The Rolling Stones, can you dig it? All right, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, kind of of having a a nice little rebound here, starting off slow. I think he was probably in most leagues third, maybe fourth uh, QB taken. Um, Started off real slow, but he's kind of come back around uh, since week five. Uh, He's got 11 touchdown passes. Uh, which I think is third best in for quarterbacks. Um, says here that uh, he's going for a fifth game in a row of, um, of two touchdown passes. Um, good times. Question here, and I'll let you talk about Russell if you want to. But is the backfield? Question here is the rest of the the, the receiving. You know, so Mike Davis, Chris Carson, Baldwin uh, finally had an all right uh, uh, game for. Uh, wide receiver three or wide receiver four uh, standing, not for Doug Baldwin's uh, usual case, but Doug Baldwin's been real shitty this week, this year. Lock it, get it done. Uh, I'm just kind of babbling. Let me drink my beer and I'm going to let you talk.
1: Yeah, Seattle is going to need to throw, to stay in this one because it has just been a true pleasure. Truly to watch what the Rams are doing, Uh, especially if you remember, if you can go back down memory lane, and remember just a couple years ago when it was this Jeff Fisher god-awful mess. I mean, everybody picked Gurley for number one running back that year, and it was just a train wreck. Think if Fisher would still have been there The difference in Goff's career, his trajectory, he would have ruined. I'm surprised he didn't ruin this man's confidence. Thank God some coaching changes have been made, um, and it's exciting. It really is. Now, to go back to where we started this thing with Seattle – I think we remember this play a few years ago. Remember when it was Doug Baldwin, who I forget the exact numbers, but in the second half of the season had, I don't know, like nine, ten touchdowns or something. It was insane, and he was just scoring at a phenomenal clip. If you look at what Lockett is doing, they've sort of flip-flopped. Like you said, since week two, um, Russell Wilson has been sneaky throwing The passes. He's got a great fantasy matchup, by the way, in the fantasy playoffs. Russell Wilson uh, faces San Francisco week 15 and Kansas City week 16 of the fantasy playoffs. That is some good stuff. So Wilson's going to continue. And now, this week against the Rams, they're going to have to throw to get in this one. Uh, They are The Rams are favored by 10, so that means Seattle is going to have to pass. This game is pegged to score over 51 points. You know Wilson's been throwing touchdowns, and many of those have been to lock it. Six games this season, he has registered a TD. In other words, there's only been two occasions where he has not scored. Last week, like you said, it was a, a bit of the Baldwin week, but that was one of the few. I mean, we knew... This year, he had that knee injury he admitted before the season even started. He was not going to be 100% this year, and then he went out and dings the other knee. Missed some time since his return week four. Only two games has Baldwin been able to muster double-digit PPR points. One was last week. Uh, On the season, his best. His best. Baldwin's best day. 28th fantasy PPR wide receiver. So we're we're pivoting from him. I I know Doug Baldwin 20. I was so excited about this dude at the beginning of the year. Best finish 28th. Can you believe that?
0: I can't. I I, I can't. And I can. I think, like you said, when he said he wasn't going to be full steam, I think in general, the Seahawks seemed like a team um, on the decline um, and it, it's always, it just shows you how, what a stud Wilson is, uh, yeah. the, the the passing yards are, are certainly aren't there, but he's been getting some touchdowns going, but he's just taking this team on his shoulders. Uh, Chris Carson showed some flashes, Lockett has showed some flashes, but come on, is, is that, what a cast off of, of, of talent. Um, well, you know, he used to have that defense that was going to be able to shut yeah. people down and. And they didn't have to kind of rely on the offense to make things happen, uh, but it's just really, uh, really not the case uh, a- anymore. I mean, I guess defense has kind of been pretty good about points against, but uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty brutal. I'm gonna let I'm gonna quickly uh, head off here for a, a quick minute. Um, I'm gonna let you run here on the Seahawks, and if you want, um, carry it over to the Rams. I'll be back on the uh, be back in a minute.
1: Yeah, and you know what, uh, Pyro fans, we kind of buried the lead here. So we said that Baldwin's ain't what he used to be. He's got two bad knees, been a disappointment. But Wilson has sneakily been throwing the touchdown since week two. As I said, Lockett has really been the, the primary recipient of that. Like I said, six games where he's registered a touchdown, they've already had their bye, so they've only played eight. So that means only two games that this guy did not cross the end zone but the lead here david moore david moore seattle's best fantasy wide receiver in the last five weeks i'm betting he's probably available on your waiver wire he's been doing a lot with a little very volatile type guy scored four touchdowns in his last Four games. He's got a twofer in there. So there was one game where he was held out of the end zone. So basically one game he didn't score of the last four. So he's put up double digits in all but one game of the last four. That was last week. Disappeared. Um, He he still saw seven targets. Most of the team. And that's what I want to see. A guy that's getting in the end zone. A guy that in the last five weeks... Has been the best scorer on the team in fantasy and a guy that's getting the target. So David Moore, he is a guy to buy right now. I'm buying him. If you turn over to the running back situation, Chris Carson, he's questionable and it looks doubtful. I, I shouldn't say the word doubtful. Uh, that's an injury designation, but it doesn't look good. Although he is listed as questionable, it's Talked about that he is not going to play, and it's been talked about. Mike Davis is going to be the guy to step up for him. He's the waiver wire darling edition of this week. If he's still out there, make a bid for this guy because, again, one of those teams that you can move on the next man up, and that's going to be Mike Davis. So I like Mike Davis, but at least you forget McKissick. He was the only running back to score a rushing TD last year for this team. Uh, There's talk of him returning as early as week 11. So that means at least for week 10, you've got Mike Davis. And I do like Mike Davis uh, in the long term. But we got uh, McKissick lurking in the shadows. You know Chris Carson, he might play. But I'm thinking Davis is going to have a big week. I could easily see him being a uh, fantasy RB1 if the cards fall well. I don't think that is outside the cards for him. Um, could be a little sneaky play there. Russell Wilson, uh, if I didn't mention this, second best quarterback matchup in the fantasy playoffs. I think I did. San Francisco, Kansas City. But uh, I might be trading for Russell Wilson because, like d said, since week two, he's really been up there in the touchdowns. And people just haven't been giving him credit for it. On the other side... Do I really need to say too much about the Rams other than they seem to be healthy at the wide receiver spot? So take a seat, Josh Reynolds. Thank you for your service. Uh, however, you got the trio back. Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. Now, it's a little unfair if you look at on the season because of the Cup injury but if you look at it on the season, uh, it, Woods leads the team in targets. Woods leads the team in receptions. Um, Cup leads the team in touchdowns, even with the injury. So kind of a whack-a-mole. I think you're going to always be happy with a wide receiver for the Rams. And, if, man, if you're looking to stack, I have done well in DFS doing something of an onslaught where I'm starting girly, goff, And then a a Woods and a Cooks, if I can get them all in there. This is the type of team that you want to stack. And because they are 10-point favorites, because they are at home, I know Gurley's expensive in DFS, but, man, uh, this could be another good week for Gurley. I think he's going to be worth it. Um, not really playing the tight end position for the Rams because their, their trio, their bevy of wide receivers is just that good. And it's truly just been a pleasure to watch uh, what McVeigh has done here with the Rams.
0: One thing that one thing I will say, the Seahawks Wolf sneaky, uh mentioned it a little bit earlier, but points against 19.5 for the Seahawks, the Rams are allowing 22.2. Maybe that's because, uh, you know, they get up so much and they don't they play, uh, you know, whatever. They're not too worried about it. But another thing, Seahawks defense only allowing 333, point, um, 333 uh, yards a game. The Rams are allowing 348. Again, maybe it's because there's just, you know, you're down so much and so early that things happen. But Seahawks. Not a rollover kind of situation uh, at all uh, on on defense, to be honest. Looking at points allowed, they are – Seahawks are the fourth best defense um, in fantasy points – allowing fantasy points. They're the hardest against quarterbacks. uh, So they're only allowing 13.5 against opposing quarterbacks. Again, do I think that makes you scared to start Jared Goff with that talent-enriched offense? And Sean McVay leading it, no. But it's something to uh, to think about. Where Seahawks are the best, um, you know, based on our Pyro Fantasy uh, Power Rankings, they're the best against quarterbacks. They're uh, you know twelfth against running backs. Gurley will be fine. Eighteenth against wide receivers. But then you go back and they're first against tight ends. I guess that's good because the Rams don't really play with a tight end um, that's really getting it done. But just, just know that going up against the Seahawks, points allowed and defensive yards allowed, they're pretty fucking good. Uh, they're top five. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's move on. I think you said it enough. I did. The Rams. If you got Rams players, you're probably playing them. If you don't, it's because you got other better players um, than maybe Cook, uh, maybe a, or maybe a Woods, uh, even a Cook.
1: Real real quick DFS, you want to get a slice of all of this action? I think Goff is one of the best perhaps cash plays this week in, in DFS. I mean, you're gonna potentially get a piece of all the action. They're throwing a lot to Gurley, so you could potentially get a slice of all the touchdowns. Goff's a really nice DFS
0: play. Cool. Um all right, let's go to Miami Dolphins at Green Bay. Uh hard to believe. Green Bay's three, four, and one. Mm. The Dolphins are five and four. Uh, that's just that's just hard to believe. And you still see diehard Green Bay Packers fans thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, all right, let's start with the Miami Dolphins. I think this is a this is a quick one. I don't think they've announced yet whether it's Tannehill or Brock. Tell me if I'm wrong.
1: I think it's going to be Brock. I know Tannehill. I believe is listed doubtful. I think there's been talk of him potentially week eleven. So I don't think it's official. But I would be willing to bet, as I'm a gambling man, that it's going to be Brock.
0: All right, <clears throat> Frank Gore had over 20 carries last week, uh, but still, it just it just doesn't matter. Frank Gore in standard in PPR, even with all the touches he got, gets. Um, you know, I'm not sure why Gase doesn't uh, keeps doing this, but he's not putting up points. You know, Frank Gore can get. 30 carries, and unless he breaks a long touchdown or gets a touchdown, uh, he's not scoring. So I know it's kind of fool's gold. You look at it, and you and I are both target touches and looks kind of guys. But with Frank Gore, it it, it just doesn't equate to fantasy points. Um, What do you have to say about Drake or uh, any of these wide receivers? Uh, Is there anything to speak of, or is this another matchup? Uh, or team, or game that you just kind of want them, nothing
1: to do with. Right, and real quick, since I wrote my notes literally from this afternoon, it is indeed Brock Tannehill's officially out. Um, uh, what is going on? I mean, we talk about rational coaching. Everybody in their freaking mother can see that Drake is the guy. And yet, last week, 20 rushing attempts for Frank Gore, Three for Kenyon Drake. What the hell is going on? Uh, Drake, we've seen the magic. We remember from the end of last year when he came on. Last couple weeks, he's been looking fantastic. However, they they still seem to be giving it the other way. Um, In the last five weeks, if you're just talking straight fantasy, Drake has the seventh most fantasy point score 41st in PPR, yet last week, as I said, Gore, 83% of the rushing attempts, Kenyan Drake, 13. So uh, Drake's the man, I'm going to go with him. On the season, each player has played nine games. How many times has Gore come away with a higher PPR total, you ask? Twice. Weeks four in Weeks 6. In those two games where Gore has scored more, Gore outscored Drake by an average of 6.05. So not even all that great. Uh, Very close, and he's killing him in the weeks when Drake is scoring more. Um, Those two weeks were the only two that Gore put up double-digit fantasy points. So this is one of those maddening situations like having to watch Aaron Jones, which we can talk about here in a minute, not get more looks like having to watch blunt, uh, get more looks than my man carry on Johnson. I don't know what some of these coaches are doing. Drake is clearly the guy, uh, but it, it's a rough team. I mean, you're starting Brock. Now <laughs> he's, he came out of the gates firing. I was starting the defenses against them and I was shocked Week six, quarterback number four. Week seven, quarterback fifteen. Week eight, ugh, quarterback twenty-eight. Week nine, quarterback twenty-six. So he's revealed his true colors. Least we forget he <laughs> is. He is who he is. He he is who he thought he was. Brock the Rock Osweiler. Uh he's nobody to be happy about. And I don't think he's gonna bring the ruckus this week against the Packers. But I I am all for starting a GoFundMe account so we can get Drake the ball, do what we ever got to do, because uh, I I like him. I love Frank the Tank, but his time has passed. Let the sun set on this man's career and uh, the dawning of a new Drake day.
0: Could um, uh, the wide receiver – shit, what's his name? Parker, Devonta Parker, uh, (laughs) had a nice game um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Is he a guy that – or it might have even been last week. Is he a guy yeah. that people can rely on? Um, or or is it uh, just a shitty team, uh, low implied point total, and well, you just stay away?
1: Well, yeah, I, I'm pretty much staying away. They, they don't even have, uh, what is it, 19 is their implied point total? They're going up to Green Bay. Now, they are going to have to pass, but keep in mind, Brock is passing to him. The only thing, if you're going to say, yeah, we saw a little flash from Parker. Uh, Kenny Stills only got limited practice, so that is something. Uh, Who's the other fellow? Oh, Hakeem Grant. He's questionable. So that is something that bodes well for Parker, but I think we've seen the evidence. I was a Parker believer for a long time. And he, he tantalized us in what week eight is when we saw the flash 134 yards, six receptions last week, one for eight. So it's back down to earth. Even if those other two players are out, I'm not believing in Parker. Drake's the man, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty much benching Miami. And I uh, like some plays over there in Green Bay though.
0: Yeah. Let's go over to the Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> I'll let you kind of do your Aaron Jones thing. I'd like to talk a little bit about Devontae Adams and Graham, but uh, let me know what uh, what you've been seeing in the Packers in this one. Uh, let it go, Pyromaniac. yeah I mean, Aaron
1: Jones, this is a guy who I really believe th- this year could have been better if he had not had that two-game suspension. I really think that It cost him a great deal. It, I think, kept him from locking up the position, which I'm pretty sure they were ready to do. Uh, They had to mess around with Williams for a while. I really believe they would have moved Ty Montgomery, who has now moved on, uh, but I really believe they would have moved Ty Montgomery to the wide receiver spot had Jones gone into the year without the suspension. I think it would have been a total different year. It seems like McCarthy has asked Jones to prove himself all over again. McCarthy, by the way, I think is going to be coaching elsewhere, or better yet, not in the NFL next year. Because, I mean, good God. Aaron Rodgers is on your team. You only have one freaking Super Bowl, one championship to show for it. Archaic play calling. And he's another one. How do you keep a guy like a Drake, uh, like a carry on Johnson, like an Aaron Jones, not getting the ball. How do you keep a guy like this down? And yet he continues to do it. So Jones, he's been turning it on lately, despite the obtrusive scullery that he has to deal with from the coaching staff. We all see the talent this week though, could be one of the better ones. It's going to be a positive game script. As I said, Uh, favored by nearly double digits, 9.5. They're at home. Dolphins allowing 4.66 yards per carry. Only eight teams are giving up more yards per carry to opposing rushers. Jones's usage has been increasing steadily, although it's not what we want to see. Aaron Jones recorded his most snaps last week, 32. Should be more. He averaged 16 looks in the last... Two weeks. So steady but surely Aaron Jones is rising. This game could be his time to shine. Lord knows he has the talent.
0: Oh my god. When you watch that cat even in the game they lost uh you know against uh a couple weeks ago against the Rams. The it was it was ridiculous that, that, that run that he yeah. got on the seam. Aaron Jones is legit. I think just pure eye test. He looks to me, and this isn't just this year. This is going back to last year as well. He looks like one of the better running backs, young running backs in the league to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: When he's running the ball, whether you swing him outside or whether he's running between the tackles, this guy is friggin' a great running back and can get it done. I agree with what you said about McCarthy earlier. I don't think they're going to can him, but I think uh, after this season. But – I, I I do think that he's um, he's not getting the most out of what this uh, team has had over their you know since their Super Bowl victory in what 2012. Um, but uh, with that said, I think the Packers, even with an Aaron Rodgers, is a hard location for free agents to want to go. So I get that, and I think all of a sudden changing and uh firing McCarthy might backfire a little bit on Rogers in this window, but hey uh, re- real qu- real quick,
1: yeah. uh, looking at odds, shark, there are only three coaches that have better odds to be fired than Mike McCarthy. Um, I, believe,
0: I believe that who are they?
1: Todd Bowles from the Jets, Dirk Cotter, the Bucks. And then the Broncos, Vance Joseph has the best odds.
0: I think pretty much. I think Bulls will hold on to it, but I think the other two guys will get canned, um, <clears throat> and maybe McCarthy does as well. All right, Jamal Williams. Now since they shipped off um, <clears> the cat, excuse me, I got a little little horse, little frog in my throat. Jamal Williams still getting a lot of opportunities. I don't think there's much to say there. Let's let's hope that Aaron Jones um, gets the gets the, the looks and they increase even a little bit more, so he can be above 20 looks. And against this Miami Dolphins team, um, could be a great breakout game for Aaron Jones. I'm counting on it as a two league owner of Aaron Jones. I think this is kind of the game where it starts moving towards. All right, we forgive you for being a dumbass and uh, And, getting
1: suspended. What do you think of the the passing game here? A lot of talk about uh, Miami versus the tight end. Last five weeks, they've been giving up the fifth most fantasy points. I I really think Jimmy Graham, when they're expected to score points – Uh, I I like him in those situations. He's sort of a a sink or swim kind of guy. He's either going to score you a touchdown and get you those points or he won't. I think he can do it against the Dolphins here, and they're expected to score some points against the Dolphins. As I said, they got a decent implied team total, 28.5. But you said Devontae Adams. I really want to talk some of these pass catchers for the Packers. What do you think of the receiving core?
0: Well, we know that Geronimo Allison's <clears throat> on the IR, yeah. with, uh, surgery on his groin, um, which is a bummer for him. He was having a nice season and kind of with all the stuff that's going on with Cobb and his time out, really filled in nicely as the second fiddle there. But, you know, uh, Marquise Van, uh, Valdez-Scantlings. God, that's a tough name to do. A- MSV, baby. Yeah, baby, he had a 100-yard game in the New England MBS. Um MBS. His, you know, his, his second 100-yard game of, uh, of the season and because he's a rookie uh, of his career, um, you know, I, I, I think you got to be like him. I think he was the second yeah. fastest rookie um, going on. But I think when you've had to rely on these young guys, a wide receiver like Aaron Rodgers has – I I think it's one of the reasons why they aren't doing so great. This offense isn't um you know, it's basically been the Devontae Adams show. Aaron Rodgers is, is doing his thing, but you know what I loved? I, I I loved this week uh Bill Belichick kind of kind of throwing shade at yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I don't yeah. know if you, you saw I, any of this. A little bit I did, yeah. It's it's this is what I've been saying about Aaron Rodgers. Essentially, his whole career, even when he won the Super Bowl, even these, you know, these Hail Mary. The dude, and, and, and he, he's, he learned from the tutelage from his his uh, previous quarterback in Brett Favre. I said the same thing. I love Brett Favre. I thought he was an awesome player. I loved watching him. But, dude, that guy closed his eyes and chopped the ball up there so fucking often and had great players make great plays for him. It was ridiculous. And I'm not taking anything away from Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He's one of the great wide receivers. But the fact that people are calling him a goat makes me want to puke, laugh and, and in the same tone. He just literally just throws the ball up there on a lot of occasions. And I love that the best coach in the history of the NFL – And a guy that I love and admire, and I I love his 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 surliness. um, It was saying, like, yeah. So what happened last night? He's like, "Uh, you know, Aaron was just uh, Aaron was just chucking the ball up there and uh, hoping for the best. You got everyone that listens to the show knows that I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Love Belichick, calling it how it is. Still understand Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, great quarterback. I called them overrated before they came back and beat the Bears in week one, and it was the most response I've ever gotten on a post over Twitter in my life. But Aaron Rodgers, he chucks the ball up there. He's lucky as fuck.
1: Yeah, uh, like you said, he he learned from Favre. I think he has been blessed with some really good wide receivers. I mean, how long, going back even to Doug Matica, I remember talking about wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver four yeah. on Green Bay and how this is always Devonta Adams once upon a time was the wide receiver three, and, and they surface, and they go through, they work through the system, and they become wide receiver one. I think he got a hell of a shot with uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez, scantling, and then even Andronimo Allison when he gets – uh, healthy for next year. Heck, I own both Notre of Day them.
0: Alert. Notre Dame alert. We know you love them.
1: I, well, I own both these guys in uh, my dynasty. And I think you, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. You saw Geronimo. and I'm talking next year and down the line. You saw Geronimo Allison, who looked great at the first half, gets injured. MVS has really been turning it on in his absence. MVS, man. In the last four games, has either a touchdown or 100 yards in three of those performances. So he is something to watch. I really think he is going to surpass, if he hasn't already, Cobb. I think he's going to be the number two on that uh, wide receiver crew before too long.
0: Um, I forget, did you talk about Jimmy Graham? Had a touchdown last week. Talk about him a
1: little bit, just that he's very, I think, touchdown dependent as he was uh, in Seattle, as as he's gotten older and slower. Still a big body, still a guy that that you can toss it up against. Um, uh, Facing the Dolphins, the Dolphins, I believe, are fifth, giving up the fifth most fantasy points. Um, and that is, in the, I'm sorry, in the last three games, they've been giving up the fifth most fantasy points, the Dolphins. So, yeah, I think Graham, they're expected to score a lot of points. I think Graham's in a, in a great spot to, uh to be one of those guys, just very volatile with Graham, as many of these tight ends are.
0: Love it. Um, let's go to, let's go to the next game. This is our 2nd last game. This is Sunday Night Football in America. Before we uh, talk about Dallas Cowboys heading out to the city of brotherly love, do us a favor and help us keep the lights on by listening to our last ad of the night. All right, the Cowboys, big loss the other night against the Titans. Um, you know, just talking heads around the world. Troy Aikman is even buddies with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was Troy Aikman's backup said, you know, it's. I think it's time for the Cowboys to kind of, uh, you know, uh, clean house and recalibrate and refigure the whole thing out. Um, Jerry Jones has been, it's been storied that this guy is basically, um, to, he's the GM. He's the owner. He doesn't know football. He's got his guy in place um, in Garrett that he's going to allow him to make the calls. Um, who knows? But the Cowboys—it it, it doesn't look great. I don't care if you add Amari Cooper. Um, Prescott looks like he's pretty much uh, not the kind of not a franchise quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott's looking like. He's a wasted talent at this point. Um, I'm going to let you talk for a bit. Amara Cooper, I I like the mic. I like what I saw from uh, Gallup last week as I talked uh, a little bit about him earlier in the show for my rookie league. Um, What are you you thinking for this matchup? Um, But also, as we say, you know, playoffs around the bend. um, What are you thinking the Cowboys represent uh, for fantasy owners? I'm going to kind of let you do your thing here for a minute. Um, Right on. Well,
1: uh, Zeke, I faded him last week. I was right to do so. I am fading him. As I said last week, he faced the Titans, which have only allowed one uh, running back to score in the last, basically, year and a half, two seasons. He's now facing Philly, who comes in allowing the league low fantasy points to opposing running backs in uh, PPR scoring in the last three weeks. If you look at on the season, which, you know, at this point, once you get eight weeks in, I really try to look at a, a smaller snapshot, but still on the season, they are only four teams that are allowing fewer fantasy points to running backs. But like I said, last three weeks, nobody. Nobody is allowing fewer points to the running back position than Philly. Uh, I think Zeke is going to be another fade this week. Philly has only allowed one, I say, one running back to go for over 50 yards this season on the ground, and that was Saquon Barkley. So the, the next best rushing performance, 42 yards. Now they haven't played world beaters, but still, man, 42 yards. uh, That's pretty good. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the season. So, yeah, I'm going to fade Zeke again as far as Dak. You know, he was a flash last year, but that's before teams had uh, tape on him. Just haven't seen what we once saw. Still a good player. Uh, I still like him
0: in, in, last year, to be honest. Once Elliot got suspended, he yeah, that's
1: well. And so, is it the question of once years. he lost so, Elliot or once teams had tape on him or a little
0: bit of both? I think it's one of those things where sometimes the worst thing he was rookie of the year 2016. He was uh taking you know, Winston, yeah, I guess he, you're right. He, yeah, you know, Winston, Mariota were taken ahead of him, he was like yeah. well, fourth rounder um sometimes that is the and he's in the biggest stage Merrick's team highest uh you know biggest owner um the franchise is worth more than any other team basically in sports definitely in the nfl that can be the worst thing ever he's shown it he's been humble but now over the last two seasons he's pouncing on um getting a lot of uh you know endorsements and doing a lot of things Hey, not knocking that, make it, you talked about it earlier with Bell, get it while you can. But I just don't see this guy as a franchise quarterback on the biggest stage. Do I think he's going to be in the league and be a starting quarterback for another team? Yeah, but if the Cowboys double down and give this guy, you know, just give him the keys for the next, uh, you know, the next eight years, I think it's going to be a huge mistake, and I think it's going to turn off a lot of fans. I think Dak, Dak Prescott in this league is about the 18th best quarterback, um, which isn't saying much, you know what I mean? And it's a hard start to play him, and yeah, but you know, at a cowboy level, I, I think they'll be they'll be sadly bummed out by thinking that. You know, and again, I don't think they thought that getting Amari was going to make Dak any uh, anything better. And I like the way that Chris Collinsworth and um, had talked about it the other night, um, where they basically said, you know, getting Amari Cooper kind of lets the, the the front office see what they have in in Dak Prescott and let them know yeah. and give because he was a little wide receiver deficient, even oh God, with yeah. even with Des Bryant. Um, so, something to be said right now: the Dallas Cowboys are not a great fantasy team. They score 19.3 points a game. Um, not, 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 not a great time. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm going to be honest. I like Amari Cooper. The eye test with him and him, his breaking out of his cuts and everything seemed good, but um, you know. Well, it, in- it- under sixty yards receiving. If he didn't have that TD, it was nothing better than what Amari do- did with the uh, with the Raiders. Now, what okay. I will say, I do like what I think is going to happen in Gallup on the rest of the season because Amari's there, and Gallup was nothing the first four or five games, but was was the number one before Amari got there, and now him being able to kind of feel that pressure of being the number one. Of this team, and now moving away and having a PMRA and even uh, Cole Beasley. I, I, I hope Dak makes some shots. I hope uh, Linehan uh, figures out how to try and get um, some great situations for a Gallup. I think Gallup has some promise.
1: Yeah, and two things that don't show up on paper when you're going back to Amari Cooper, uh, you brought up the cuts that he was making uh, last week, and certainly we saw him score the one in the red zone where he went to the inside, and then quick cut back out, caught it in the flat, and then ran to the corner. That was beautiful. But I like the fact that, one, he learned so quickly. He, he seemed to, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> their playbook I don't think is – that complicated i don't think they are quite on the level of some of these other nfl coaches as far as creativity but i like the fact that he seemed to be in sync and and caught onto the playbook so quickly and i like the fact that Dak was willing to go to him in the red zone there was at least two other red zone passes that he kind of threw up for 50 50 balls where he just trusted amari threw it up there for him to just get you know the my ball mentality go up and get it didn't work out for him But I think those two things bode well. One other thing, I mean, this team badly needed a wide receiver. I mean, come on, Cole Beasley was the guy that was really leading the charge there. Uh, Come into the fantasy playoffs.
0: That's racist, dude.
1: (laughs) It's just, it's the truth, Ruth. It is. Um, But in the fantasy playoffs, man, they have arguably the best matchup For wide receivers, week 14, Philadelphia. Adjust for schedule, 25th. Week 15, they're at Indy. Adjust for schedule, 24th. High is good in fantasy. And week 16, your championship week, they're home versus Tampa, who they are some of the worst corners assembled right now. So, Lots of intangible things boding well for some Amari down the line. Uh, However, against Philly, they're not even expected to score 19 fantasy points. Going to be a little bit of a negative game script. But, yeah, I'm not excited about starting anybody. But I think Amari could, could do you well in the fantasy playoffs.
0: Well, I agree with that. Yeah, just so you know, uh, Eagles... 28th in the league against uh for fantasy points against wide receivers, allowing wide receivers on opposing teams 27.6 fantasy points per game. And like you said, obviously, we're talking about them in this game, but they also play them again in the fantasy playoffs. What was that week 14? So, good times. This uh, this team is it, it this team, in all honesty, they are four and four. Offensively and defensively, they're not putting up huge numbers in the offense. Their defense has been pretty stout um, and and helping them out, but uh, it's not the same. uh, It it doesn't, it feels like a lot of post um, Super Bowl champion teams, uh, Eagles are not that special. Right now, their defense is 12th um, against. Across the board, fantasy points allowed. Um, anyway, let's go over to the Eagles and kind of, uh, you find, know. Uh, I'm, to, it's our second to last game. We're fine. Do we don't have, have
1: to spend, I mean, it's getting up there. We don't have to spend too much time with these boys. I mean, oh, goodness yeah. gracious. The running backs, you're talking Wendell Smallwood, who I have never been a fan of when he came out. You're talking Corey Clement, who. I was a fan of, but hasn't really panned out. And my man Josh Adams. Last time I was with you on a podcast, I said his name, and that was a dart throw way back then. I picked him up
0: that after that, and I since dropped him. Oh, really? See, yeah, because I picked him up that time, but it just—I just didn't have the deep enough bench yeah. to keep it there. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, 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 he looks like he could be in. This is last a game obviously
1: last two weeks he has led in uh, rush percentage carries he's led in rush attempts obviously he has led in rushing yards but there, there's just a lot of fish to feed they, they are really it's a running back by community there i do think josh adams is the be- the best of the three as of right now but uh, what does that mean that that's not really translating to much fantasy goo uh and they got a a, a tough matchup this week with the cowboys but I, I do like me some josh adams and it's kind of the same thing on the wide receiver crew they they've got a bunch of talent in the running backs, but there's too many of them too many mouths to feed with the wide receivers uh you like. Ertz, you like Godert. Uh, at once upon a time, I liked Aguilar. I still think he's pretty good. And now they've got even more mouths to feed. So I, what do you think of the, the wide receivers? Are you starting any of these guys? I mean, obviously Ertz. But besides that, I mean, it, it's okay. tough to see how this is going to shake out.
0: Yeah, I've I, I got uh, Alshon, who obviously was out for those first uh, yeah. Irish games. Came and it's been a pleasant surprise. I, I think this is going to be a game that he's going to be on my bench. Um, let's. I want to see where Golden Tate fits exactly. in. Uh Dallas Goedert is trying to get his third game in a row at the TD. This is Jordan Matthews. This is on top of Ertz lighting it up, and you know I think he's the third tight end in fantasy points. If you can believe it, Kittle's got more fantasy points than Ertz and Kelsey's the number one right now. Um, I, yeah, I'm with you, man. There's just so many miles to feed. I, I would stay away from the running back situation altogether. Alshon, I, I just think I'm, I am I want to see what they've got in the store. Here's one thing I will say. You were talking about uh, handcuffs earlier. If you have Zach Ertz and you have the bench base, handcuff the Dallas, go there. The guy's a rookie, and he's Played pretty nicely.
1: Another yeah. Dave T. Thomas special.
0: Yeah, Dave T. Thomas. I remember that date, that show that you did that Pyro Podcast. Light Go Air was uh, the tight end on the right side, and um, he he's been good. I start. I had to start him one week, and he gave me a touchdown. Um, so that's a guy that I actually like. If Ertz were to go down, Go air oh, all of a sudden becomes yeah. my mind on a weekly ranked basis and. You never want to play fantasy football for injury. But if you got the bench and yeah. you're holding on to a bunch of scrubs and aren't going to do shit, now's the time to do that what-if move. If yep. it's something were to happen as to actors, go there on a weekly basis across every single fantasy football player ranking site would be a top-five tight end.
1: Absolutely.
0: absolutely. So why not have them on your team now preemptively striking that um as a foreshadowing pick as opposed to when if if not when if uh urts was to get hurt now you gotta go through the waiver wire who knows where you're sitting whatever. And you let's see, face you're, it, you're Er Ertz is no
1: Ertz is no stranger to injury.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I like it I like go there a lot. Um there you have it. I don't know. I mean let's talk about Wentz a little bit. Wentz it's been, uh, it, has, it hasn't been, considering uh, essentially a year ago, he was a lock for MVP. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it was, it was sad what happened to him, and they went out. the team went on and was able to do it without him, but, um, and I love, love Wentz. I know I talked to you about this in a, a question you asked me earlier in the year with a trade you were thinking about making, thinking yep. Lamar uh, Jackson might be just great. I love Wentz's career, but this is going to be one of those seasons, I think, for him. It's kind of like, all right, you know, golden boy, rookie season, second season, thing of the ages, still thing of the ages for the team Didn't just goes away. This year has been a lot of like, whoa, all right, come back down to earth. He's only got 13 touchdowns, bro. Um, I mean, it, it, it just hasn't been – he's been good on – on okay on yards. He's had a lot of attempts. We know he missed the first two, three games. But Wentz just hasn't looked – if you're starting Wentz as your quarterback, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks that you can start in the top 15, 16. Realm. This is
1: his third year in the league. He's never broken 4,000. He is not on track to break – four thousand and compared to what you can get by streaming yeah he is not where i thought he would be maybe with the golden tate edition he's got all these mouths to feed and that's a problem when you're playing the pass catchers that is not a problem when you're playing the quarterback so this Golden Tate addition could really benefit Wentz, if anybody, and we just haven't seen how the chemistry is going to shake out. I, I love the, the play calling there, but I thought he was going to certainly be in store for a bigger
0: year than what we've seen. Quick question for you to, uh, to the end that you just said on the screen. Um So Philadelphia playing against Cowboys, would you play a Wentz in that game? or a guy that I picked up and is probably still available, or play a Nick Mullins against uh, the New York Giants. I don't know what the line is. You know,
1: um, I guess if you're talking DFS, I would probably play a Mullins just because it's much cheaper. But if you're just talking streaming – I honestly, I, I don't know, because we haven't seen enough of Mullins. I was all over Oakland last week, man. I thought, holy Moses, I'm going to pick up this defense who is playing a guy that was the third-string quarterback. Are you kidding me? And he goes out, and I believe his QBR that week, last week, was the 10th best QBR this season. I mean, What we saw him do was short of a miracle. I I cannot believe what we saw.
0: His debut last week was the uh, second highest uh, QB rating um, for an NFL debut in NFL history. Yeah. Marcus Mariota. And here's what I'll say. You know I'm a heart guy. One, I'm a 49er fan. Yeah. Important to me. Two, I, like, I want to have players that I like on my team. The reason why I picked him up, and I could have picked up Flacco, I love what you said earlier about how their schedule is amazing. Yeah, Eli was available, the other quarterback in this matchup. Mariota, the, the player we just said that he um, was just under, was available. There's something about that thing, that moment, that energy, that I, that I think that I, – and I watched Mullins play, and it just felt great. Again, I understand. They were playing against um, Oakland Raiders, but they're playing against the New York Giants in this one. So it's not like – it's not like it's – like it, 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 it seems to me in, that it's in the same tier defensively. Uh, I like the momentum of this Nick Mullins guy. And what I think he's going to be able to do moving forward this season. Again, I got Mahomes in this league. I've basically got picked up Mullins for that week 12. um, Mahomes on by. And Nick Mullins, guess who he's playing? Buffalo Bills that week. So I was just like, you know what? That's my only worry is that week 12. But I'm saying this and I'm blabbing for one reason. Nick Mullins... We'll find out if this is the case on Monday night. But there might just be that serendipitous dealio that kind of we saw Jimmy G have and yeah. make $125 million off of. The 49ers are not that bad. they got one of the – with Shanahan, they got one of the best offensive minds in the league. And I'm thinking this guy's got a lot of confidence after his first start. And I think he could ride that way. It's not the, It's not the red wave. That I usually like, but with the 49ers, that red and gold wave, I'm liking it with Nick Mullins. Uh,
1: You know, one thing we we mentioned earlier, when a defense does not have tape on a guy, it is very, very tough for them to stop it, you you often see after about eight games, people start to regress. These guys that come out swinging right out of the gates after about eight games, you start to see them regress, and primarily that's because defenses know how to scheme for them. There is not a team out there that knows how to scheme for Nick Mullins. I always want to call him Mac Mittens from um, Dave Chappelle. He always says, I always bring my boy Mac Mittens with me to my business meetings. And I don't know, I, just, I always call Nick Mullins Mac Mittens. Um, but
0: I love it. There, well, there's I know I, I know I brought him up as a, as a, uh, cross reference to wins. I think we talked enough about the Eagles. Um, right. Do you have anything yeah. else to say about the Eagles?
1: Just that, you know, Dave T Thomas did call it. We, we mentioned it, but, uh, uh, Dallas, Call him Baby Grunk, which uh, I'm excited to see what happens. And like you said, if Ertz does go down, this guy could do uh, something to win your league. Um, and I, I guess that's about it for uh, the Eagles. We moved on to, I'm sorry, even the 49ers. The, all we got left is the Giants then, yeah?
0: Yeah, I, I think let's just stay on the 49ers. We're, we're moving to that last uh, Monday night game. Oh, right, okay. 49ers. But I, I think we talked enough about Mullins where we'll just stay on the Niners side yeah. and then we'll move over to the Giants. Um, I know I was doing a little sleight of hand, three-card Monty there, but I'm just – I'm a Niner guy and I, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for what I think Mullins can do a little bit on the second and half of the season. Um, with- With
1: Mullins, look at uh, Garcon back from the dead. Week 9, led all 49ers in air yards, had uh, 70, had 5 targets, 23% of the target share. So Garcon, maybe a little chemistry. It's certainly, you know, perhaps a little early, but I liked what I saw between Mac Mittens, a.k.a. Nick Mullins, and and Garcon. Um (laughs) You know, I I wanted to be a huge believer in in, um, Marquise Goodwin all year. He just seems to be banged up too often and uh, too much of a hit or miss. And the guy that was certainly a hit, if we said Garcon has chemistry, Kittle, uh, he got banged up. Uh, Only four catches, but look what he did with them. Got in the touchdown over 100 yards. Uh, That is some chemistry. A rookie quarterback you know is going to rely on their tight end, so I am really liking Kittle.
0: Um, Yeah, Kittle is, he's, if you can believe it, I mentioned it earlier, but he is right now the second uh, highest scoring tight end on the season, Uh, just behind Kelsey. And to be honest, he's like, right behind Kelsey I it's not like Kelsey's crushing it on him I'm uh getting a little load here and I'm gonna tell us what it is but Kelsey leads all tight ends and fantasy points sure with uh I was wrong Kelsey got 110 George Kittle 87 but Ertz has got 82 Ebron 81 Howard 77 Cook 67 You're going on a ninth at 48 for Gronk. Even Graham's got more than Gronk on the season. Uh, Overall, just uh, like you said, I don't know the word to use it for, but uh, poo-poo platter, tight end season. I thought going in, I've had Kelsey on my team the last four years in every league. I would go early on him. This year I was like, oh, it seems a little rich for my blood. Um, I'm not going to say I made the wrong decision by by kind of, you know, holding off and letting the Ertz-Kelsey-Gronk uh, situation happen early. But um, Kelsey's the guy. He's the best tight end in the league. That's It's as simple as that. Um, is the second best right now. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Anything else you want to talk about with the 49ers, I should probably shut up and just let you go over to uh, the Giants as well. And then we'll, uh, we'll shut the show down right
1: in about three hours. Yeah, you know, I, I'm still holding out hope for uh, Goodwin that he might be able to do something. But it definitely looked like Kittle and Garcon had the chemistry there, uh, though we know what talent uh, Goodwin has. But really, uh, Brita, Alf, man, if Brita could just stay healthy. Uh, There was once upon a time, he was the best running back in the league this year. He was leading our running backs with yards. Uh, And keep in mind, McKinnon. I mean, this guy wasn't even um, being drafted for the longest time. Uh, Then, uh, you know, he's going into 11th round basically as the backup to McKinnon. He was leading the league in yards for a while. So he can definitely get it done if he can stay healthy, which has been a huge challenge for him. So I do still like a Brita. I'd love to see Mullins and Brita and Goodwin get it going with Kittle. They got the talent. I just don't know if it's going to get done, but I'm, I'm loving the way uh, the play calling is going with Shanahan. And it's an exciting team, but I don't know if it's going to translate to fantasy goo just quite yet.
0: Yeah, well, you've you also got to think that uh, what's, what's... – What's the guy's name? Rashad Moster, Modare. Yeah,
1: he's out for the
0: year. He's out for the year, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I really liked I him. He was, yeah. He he got uh, Raheem Moster got placed on IR uh, last Friday, I believe, or um, after the game. He uh, they had the injury. It was Thursday when they had that. And did you see it? Did you see what happened to his arm? It yeah. was horrid i mean yeah. i i don't even recommend you watch
0: this on youtube but yeah he's done for the year i i did i did see it you know what i'll be honest i was down in cancun and uh you can check out our, my twitter feed i i went to this one place i went off it's all inclusive and i don't know what happened i just they weren't playing the game uh it, where my friends in this wedding party were at and uh I went to go get some uh, U.S. cash in Cancun. It was in an ATM off campus. And uh, earlier that day, I was driving around with the taxi. I was like, where should I go, blah, blah. He's like, this is the best restaurant, best steak on, uh, on Cancun that you can go to called Harry's. Um, and I ended up going there. And I was so pumped. And I'm sitting at the bar, watching the game, TV right in front of me, literally the only person at the bar, rest of the restaurant, um, pretty busy. And they've got the best tequilas in the world for $14 a shot. I'm going to tell you, I order a 1942 um, tequila here and there, a a La Familia Reserve here in Chicago when I'm out. It's stupid, but tequila is my favorite drug. They're like $40 shots, you know. When you're in Chicago, they were $14. So I'm sitting there, I ate a steak, ate some uh, spinach, having some soul beers, and i drinking tequilas, and then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Uh, I was knocking those fucking tequilas down. I probably had six huge tequila shots. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say on this, I'm excited. We're almost done. Uh, it's been a sweet show. But literally a guy comes up. Behind me, as I'm watching the Niners, he's like, Oh, what's going on? And I'm like, Oh, the Niners are killing the Raiders. He goes, Oh, I swear to God, this happened. He's like, Oh, the Niners, Kaepernick. <laughs> I swear to God, this happened. And I'm sitting here, I'm already buzzed. I'm like, uh, Kaepernick's not in the Niners anymore. I said to this guy, he's probably this is like a seventy-year-old big guy. Probably did play football. He's like, yeah, but they allowed it to happen. I'm like, allowed what to happen? Well, kneeling for and, I, and so uh,
1: yeah, I, I allowed a guy to bring him to the NFC Championship or title game twice.
0: Yeah, and he did not care about that. He wasn't a Niners fan. He was a um, you know he was a he, he was a non he was a whatever fan. I, I, I'm
1: I, I'm guessing he was upset about the kneeling.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I swear to God. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he's not in the Niners. He's out of the league. He paid his price. And he, I swear to God, he goes, he was wearing geriatric style. Nikes. My dad yeah. used to wear these things as well. And he goes, Oh, he literally. And I'm, I, I did not spawn. I did not bring up any of this. This is just like, I'm drinking, watching the TV. He goes, Oh, I, I wish I could take these Nike symbols off my shoe. And I'm like, I'm like, you should probably do it then. And he's like, I'm not. Uh, he didn't say anything else, and he was just like, all right. I was like, have a good. He's like, he was like moving on. I'm like, have a good night. It was so weird. It was so weird that yeah. how people have bought in to the fact that the NFL is so right. bad and all this stuff and this hatred and the divisiveness and the bullshit. Well, the I, I show my spy into it. And be excited and go up and look at and want to watch and be like, what's going on in this game? And the menace to 49ers that this fucking idiot associates Kaepernick and his peaceful protest for not the flag, not our military, but for the uh, oppression of black people and and, and the and, 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 uh, the, the police killing innocent, unarmed black people, that's the deal. And that, that he could then go to the Nikes and all this stuff. He's just like, the fact that these idiots, and I'm sorry if you are one of these idiots, I'm sorry, but I'm calling you one of these idiots. You yeah. are you are absolutely being brainwashed by the Fox News far-right yep. um, Republican playbook. And I hope that when Trump totally gets annihilated in 2014, I think what we saw last night in the elections and the blue wave, it was very substantial with women and uh, a woman that's uh, a, you know, a Muslim, uh, a black, um, you know, the youngest ever uh, woman, all these things. And I'm sorry to get political. Um, These beers are good, but I'm just, I honestly feel like we have to say some of these things. If you are Brainwashed on this whole kneeling, Nike socks, Kaepernick socks thing, then you're an idiot because we are the things that we are doing the Mexican kids by caging them, the things that we are trying to get the uh, U.S. Army, which thank God they said fuck off, Trump, we're not going down. You do your homeland security and this caravan, which is nor it just it's just ridiculous. So, anyway, I think we should probably do your thing. Yep. I'm going to shut up. But it's just so ridiculous that someone – that guy came up and I looked at him and he was just bad news all around. Yeah, I, 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 while I you were talking about this, there's a an... But when he said, I wish I could take the Nike symbols off these fucking shoes, I was like, oh, my God. I, 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 it was just like, all right. At, okay, line one in the playbook. Okay, two, three. All right, idiot, where, where are you going with Ford? Do you need to whip out your, uh on your arm? Is there an armband like Brady's got where you got the playbook? Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, still want to watch the NFL.
1: We could do a whole show about just this. I just tweeted out the article I read with my students that was written by Eric Reed that, discusses why he suggested to Colin Kaepernick, who was at first seated, he was sitting and it was Eric Reed that talked him into um, kneeling like a flag at half mass. It's showing respect. I mean, when you walk into a church, you kneel, if anything, it's more respectful. Uh, But he explains why, you know, like a flag at half mass, it's showing there's something wrong. There's a problem here. And that's why the kneeling, it's a fantastic article. I just uh, tweeted it out at pyromaniac mo and uh absolutely uh, please don't <laughs> buy into the be afraid be afraid always be afraid there's a there there's certainly not a gang of rapists beating down our door there are not uh a bunch of white men being accused of of sexual assault without any proof and uh, there is not this conspiracy by nFL players to Freaking um, take down the American ideal by kneeling. That has nothing to do with it. Please educate yourself. If you wanted to get angry or do anything, at
0: least read the article
1: that I just tweeted out at Pyromaniaco.
0: But uh, yeah. And the last thing I'll say on that is I know both you and I are very, um, uh, we, we, we stand hard in our beliefs um, that people that people are good and that there's more things that unite yes. us. Then divide us, Um, but at the same time, if you don't believe with believe our our approach and you're you're locked in on the current um, the current wave of this fake news that just makes no sense and is out of nowhere, and that uh, all the things that Donald Trump and and whatever uh, say, then that's all right. We still love you and let's talk about it you know yeah. let's uh, I, I, I'm not trying to have one thought process whatsoever um I, I still love there's a guy in my big money league that loves Trump and he loves Trump and the rest of the league is just like oh my god like he, the, the, the memes that he does and just like he just loves Trump and again he's on that he's, he's been somewhat brainwashed in this uh I think maybe Trump's doing a couple good things for him, but I think one of them might be his racism uh, towards black people has been um, kind of uh, validated a little bit. Yeah. Uh, still love that guy. Still love him. I love hanging out with him. One of my favorite people in the world, My couple of my buddies are like, how is that possible? I'm like, I love the guy. I love him. I just think he's a little misled and been a little uh, misguided and, and brainwashed on, on you know, via media and propaganda. That's what it's all about. Anyway, um, love talking about this stuff. I know we're not done with this game, but I love having those conversations with you, Mo, because these are, are the kind of topics that you and I cover above and beyond. We love fantasy football, but we're uh, the rivers well, run much deeper with us. Well.
1: We always say this, but we need to have either whatever a uh, current topic, uh, political conversation. I mean, once upon a time, you remember when we did when we donned the um, <laughs> voices of. Uh, satirical Donald Trump and satirical, I don't know, mine was like Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson kind of, but we talked fantasy football. That was fantastic. But we really should do, I don't know, a film slash pop culture talk sometime. I would be totally down for that.
0: Love that. Love that shit. Love that shit. Uh, With that said, quickly before you go, and I'm going to shut up, but I watched on the plane ride home from Cancun the other day, that new Mission Impossible. I'm spacing off the name of Mission Impossible. Whatever. I don't know. One of the friggin' greatest action movies. Just pure action, mm-hmm. and that I've seen I, I, ever. I'm not gonna say it was a great movie. I did like it a lot, but just pure action, movement, momentum. Uh, check that thing out while you talk about it, I'll get the uh the end of that name uh but go on uh, with anything you got on 49ers but maybe take it over to the Giants and we'll shut this party down
1: yeah I think we we kind of wrapped up the yeah. uh the 49ers but uh to go to the Giants um you remember once upon a time when people were talking Manning, this is before draft season came about, but uh, Manning was still being drafted, I don't know, quarterback 24, 22, or something like that. And you had the tight end, the running back, and the wide receiver, I think all going in like the top five or something, the top 10 for sure. And statistically, that just doesn't work out. So it was either going to be we were very off on Manning, or we were off on everyone else. Well, we knew who Manning was. We were off on everyone else. Uh, I, I will say, however, when looking at Mr. Peyton Manning, uh, his receivers have probably the best wide receiver matchup come playoff time facing Washington, Tennessee, Indiana. All of them are bottom third against uh, wide receivers. So the wide receiver crew could be... Good. Uh Manning. Hey man, he is fourth in quarterback red zone attempts. I, I think it's going to be one of his last years. I think he's, you know, kind of on the way out the door. If uh Kyle Lalletta you know, could just drive a little bit better. We might have seen him a little bit sooner. He got in some trouble for almost hitting a police officer. Yeah. It's been a bad year for backup quarterbacks. Chad Kelly is. Finding himself in a stranger's neighbor in a stranger's living room, mumbling incoherently. Now Kyle Lauter is almost taken down the fuzz, Uh, but I the the Niners, or I'm sorry, the uh, Giants are sticking with him. I think we could see him at some point. Uh, If so, like I said, his wide receivers could be viable come fantasy playoffs. And how can you not love Odell Beckham Jr. as long as that son of a bitch? Doesn't get in trouble for fighting with Josh Norman and cost you a fantasy championship. Cause he gets benched week 16 after coming off the fight with Norman, but not like that happened to me. Um, <laughs> should be better this time around. Uh, Barkley, he, he's just the man. Uh, you gotta love him. He's 22% of the team target share that is tied for third most amongst running backs. Here's the thing though. He's getting all of these, uh, Catches coming out of the backfield, but oh my gosh! When you look at what other white—or I'm sorry—what other running backs are doing, it is incredible. Uh, Barkley, as I said, he's getting the third most target share. He's got fifty-seven targets, but when you look at his air yards, he has three. I'm sorry, negative three. To put this into context, if you don't know what air yards are, air yards are if your receiver caught every single thing, right? So it's when your quarterback throws to when you catch. If you were 100% catch, that would be air yards. Obviously, you don't catch 100% of everything. So air yards measures all the throws to you that you catch or don't catch. James White, 340 air yards. Saquon Barkley, negative three. Why? Okay. Because they've got a they've got a shitty line and he always his eight his average depth of target is literally zero, 0. 0. 0.0. They're throwing to him at the line of scrimmage or they're throwing to him be, behind the line of scrimmage. That's why he has negative air yards. If you throw to him and it's like a uh, running back screen and he's off to the side and he is three yards, air yards do not count for run after catch. So if you throw to him and he's three yards behind the line of scrimmage, that's minus three air yards, right? So he's never running out for big passes ever. Um, That is the one knock against him. He should be doing far more than he is. Uh, Still, you got to love him. Uh, Ingram, Eh, don't know. Five games he's played uh, last week. 25 yards? That was his second most this season. I think Ingram, uh, we saw him excel a lot last year. Yes, the talent is there, but we saw him excel because there was a lack of people. The throw to Barkley wasn't there yet. OBJ was uh, banged up at that point, so he hasn't lived up to it. Uh, OBJ's been doing good, but, you know, Barkley's really been the one that has lived up to the, the preseason hype
0: for sure and and I think it's gonna help a little bit with uh Evan Ingram being back uh off that concussion um but again I think what you said with uh we know who Eli Manning is um maybe this is a good game and a, and a good moment um for something nice for Eli for Evan for OBJ for uh for Saquon Barkley but it's it's kind of shown this year that uh, that's not the case um, I don't know it'll be exciting it, we'll, we'll see what's going on you got anything else to talk about on this one if not I say we high five low five too, too slow whatever you gotta do um, in, 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 in handshakes and, and close this biggity diggity uh, show 328 out
1: yeah, uh, n- nothing really jumps off the table as like a phenomenal matchup. As I said, there's a great matchup for wide receivers come fantasy playoffs, but nothing's jumping off the table here. You know, you're starting Barkley, you're starting OBJ. Uh, hopefully Ingram can get going. But like I said, 25 yards was his second best pass day last, uh, last week. So not much to get excited about here uh, other than the two guys you already know.
0: Cool. Mo. I know it's an hour later for you where you're at um, and it's late as hell for me. You're the man, you know, I love talking fantasy football with you like no other. I want to see your face sometime in 2018. Uh, We haven't hung out yet this year. I think we hung out last year uh, two or three times. Um, I love you, buddy. You're just an awesome, awesome, kind guy. And you're, uh got a great approach and mindset and fantasy football and i uh, love doing these shows with you let's do it again soon uh maybe we'll do a one of those impromptu friday night shows that we've done before the season's over um but you are the man uh we'll talk offline uh, fan, uh any of our pyro listeners out there thanks for you know diving deep here with us on uh a quasi-long show. I knew, I knew it was gonna be that way. Me and Mo are chatty, Cathys. Uh, I was trying to hustle too. I know, I know. There's just something organically that you and I are like. We're lonesomed up, bro. We're, we're we we can't we can't make that um, mini series. Uh, the mi- mini series always goes super super long with us, and there ain't nothing wrong with it. All good, dude. I think our fans love it. They told us again and again. Um, Week 10. Fantasy playoffs around the bend. Anything else you got to say, Mo, and we're going to close this thing out? Love you, brother. Uh, It's been a pleasure, as always. I will be checking my schedule to
1: see if we can get in some uh, Detroit Lions or some uh, Bears time. That would be great. And uh, yeah, man, it's always my pleasure. Uh, I love shooting the breeze and kicking back a couple of Valverde's and uh, sharing our thoughts with the Pyro Nation and just you know shooting the shit with you, man. Uh, uh, it's truly my my pleasure.
0: I love you. Always said it. Shooting the FF breeze and just so you know with that fantasy goo, the uh, th- th- those kind of lines and stuff come from Mo. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of important stuff on Pyromaniac. Um, that mo has spearheaded and uh, been a big part of so just want to give you hats off. Um, everyone, let's do it win week 10 come on it, 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 every week's important here on I'm out uh, make some great moves if you're check your uh, I know in, in two of my leagues this week actually in my big money league tomorrow uh, Thursday is the trade deadline. So um, check out when your trade deadline is. There's nothing worse than like being like I need this, 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 and this, and you go and make moves, and uh, your deadline was uh, expired uh, four days ago. So stay on top of that, and uh, let's do it. Mo, high five. Love you, brother. Um, Pyros, we out.